Carl and everyone. This this really was an episode of people coming out of their show. Can I make a strong uh, prediction? Yes, please. That Michonne and and Daryl. You think Michonne and Daryl yes. are going to scissor each other? They're going to hook up. I think they're going to hook up. And, they, I think would, and they would make awesome zombie warrior babies. Do you think the herd is headed toward, I mean, like, do you see the herd reaching prison? Oh, no, they're just going to walk. <laughs> <laughs> they need a shepherd. Who do you think the zombie shepherd's going to be? The governor. Is it you, Marilyn Manson? Ah. The governor. You think it's the governor? Governor's going to be the shepherd. The governor's not going to lead the walkers. Yeah, because he wants to have the ultimate Thunderdome. He just wants them all to come in and just have a big old fight. So the difference between Rick and the governor, because the governor did have his small community locked down in more of a a Hitler-type situation where he was, they all were afraid of him, and he ruled by fear. You had me until Hitler. No. <laughs> why? I don't I'm know. Saying, well, because he had, he, had, he had Merle. I'll tell you why. I just mean, like, but what I'm saying is that he had everyone run by fear. It was more sure, of a sure, dictatorship. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, got it. Rick tried to run it more as a democracy. I'm so excited. I'm understanding what you're saying. I'm so excited. Okay, I'm so, excited. so I think that the governor is going to lead the zombies because he's so You think mad, the governor, okay. And he's going to lead them just in a, a personal vendetta. I tell you what, if you're right, I'm going to be so mad because I've not understood anything else that you've said that you've said tonight. And this is actually a very good lucid point. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> what? I think I think it's a, almost like in real life, which I like to use. I always use zombie as a metaphor. You know, if you're stuck in a situation, you get a pencil, piece of paper. You can either write a suicide note. You can stab someone, wipe your butt with it. You can do whatever pencil. you want. That could hurt. You know, like the- what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Episode 27. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking It's a trap. Gonna toss it, gonna taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Hey, erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Leftovers. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jason. And I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the leftovers. leftovers. All right. Uh, dare I ask how everybody's week was? Seriously, I don't want to be depressed. I don't want to feel like at the end of the show I want to fucking hang myself. I hope everybody had a good week. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I need to hear something good out of you guys. Well, my three kittens died. Oh shit! No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Um, I I actually had a pretty great week. Um, we put on a uh, Halloween party, and me and my roommates uh, did a Ramones cover act where I was in full Joey Ramone costume and did a full fifteen song set. Went for about forty minutes. It was pretty spectacular. Had about maybe forty people crammed into the stately Wayne Manor basement to hear that. <laughs> I'll uh. 
we're editing a video up for it and I'll get some of that stuff on the uh, pop culture leftovers page if anyone's interested in seeing it. Okay. I definitely am. <laughs> yeah, you should definitely post it on the Facebook page. Um, let's see. My weekend was pretty cool. Yeah, Halloween was fun. I, I always go to my parents for Halloween. It's just kind of a thing I do, traditional, you know, and we have dinner and uh, my brother gets to answer the door and give out candy every year. And it's just fun to watch and kind of see all that. And I, I don't live in a necessarily great neighborhood. I, I've got no trick-or-treaters in the past like three years here so <laughs> it's always nice that's how i spend my halloween so that was fun i uh, got my i got my uh holidays confused i celebrated the purge and accidentally killed a couple people that pissed me the fuck off oh so, man yeah that, that's a common mistake it is it is <laughs> so um anyway i'm gonna go over our actually what i did for halloween was really boring my girlfriend had to stay at work late she had to go out of town to colorado for like uh she has like 40 to 60 hours of veterinary training that she has to get done every year like school hours and stuff like that even though even though she's a veterinarian she's still got to get it in and so she was getting ready to leave in a couple of days. And so on her Halloween, she had to get all of her work caught up before she left. So I just picked up some 50 cent corn dogs from Sonic and drove out there and we spent kind of the evening together. So yeah, fun for me, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, it's nice spending time with her. So yeah, it's yeah. all good. But, uh, um, I want to go over our contest that we kind of went over last week. Um, at the end of the show, we don't have anything like that we say to end the show, no catchphrase. So we have a catchphrase contest going on right now. Uh, so we're looking to our listeners to help us with an end of the show catchphrase. And if we like yours, we'll use it at the end of the show. Just send your submissions to popcultureleftovers at gmail.com with the subject catchphrase. We'll read the winner on episode 30 and we'll send you a free print from artist Sean Hamilton at Creating Studios. And if you haven't seen his art, definitely go to his webpage. Just do a search for Sean Hamilton Creating Studios. Check out his art. Um, and we'll contact you for your shipping address to send you the print if you are the winner. So definitely try. We've only got a few submissions so far, so it's wide open right now. There was a couple that I really liked. but Yeah. Um, and uh, so if if there is like an end of the show catchphrase, we're looking for something to end the show, cap off the show with, you know, like uh, to be continued or until next week, whatever. And so that's what we're lo- kind of looking for. So, uh, you know, send your submissions again to popcultureleftovers at gmail.com with the subject catchphrase. If you win, we send you a print. So. An awesome print by Sean Hamilton. Yeah. yeah send them in. We want to we want to read more submissions. Yeah, exactly. We only got a few, so I mean, it's wide open. Anybody can win at this point. Um, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to two new listeners. We've got uh, Chris Williams and Dan West. Uh, Chris Williams, he uh, he thought Iron Man three sucked ass just like I did, and was happy. To, <laughs> he was happy to listen to the podcast where I shame, I shared that same sentiment. So I thought it was cool. Me and him kind of talked back and forth. So thanks for listening, Chris. And then Dan West. Uh, Dan is our uh, new listener from south of England. I just wanted to say it was nice talking to the both of you, you know, this past weekend, and I hope you both continue to listen. So thanks a lot, guys. 
Yeah, thanks a lot. Way, way back to episode two when you were shitting on Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, and the, yeah, Chris Williamson. After that, he's like, uh, you know, I really like the Pacific Rim movie, so I'm going to listen to your Pacific Rim podcast next. I really like to hear what you guys have to say. So, you know, uh, we we tell that to our you know current listeners. If if you are actually listening to this piece of shit we call a podcast, go back and listen to some of those episodes that we did in the past. Yeah, for sure. We cover a lot of ground over, you know, where, what are we at now? 20, oh, episode 27. Episode 27, 27, yep. We've covered a lot of stuff, and it, I mean, it was a really eventful summer, so there's a lot of movies maybe you haven't seen yet that have been out a while, but, you know, check out what we had to say about it, too, because it was fun doing those. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be drinking some wine tonight, guys. I need to shit. My girlfriend's calling me. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> This is a new thing. I know, every week now. <laughs> it's our new segment. Hello, honey. Hey, honey, I'm recording right now. All right, can I call you back when we take a break? All right, love you. Okay, we'll talk about it, okay? <laughs> All right, I'll call you. I love you. <laughs> yeah, she's in Colorado right now and it's probably it's probably driving her crazy. Oh wow. So Yeah. Uh yeah. Have you guys heard of Shreddy's underwear? No. I've not. <laughs> Shreddy's, it's a line of underwear. It's designed to filter out the smell caused from flatulence. Oh, I saw something on that, uh, yeah. It's a- <laughs> A healthcare company, uh, a healthcare underwear company. I didn't know there was such a thing. You know, healthcare companies. I didn't know there was such a thing as healthcare underwear companies. <laughs> Maybe they're the first. I don't know. Healthcare, Sounds like it. Yeah, a healthcare underwear company has designed a range of briefs and boxers which use chemical warfare technology to filter unwanted gas. <laughs> oh my god! The high tech pants created by Shreddies Limited. Based in Lycanshire, England. <laughs> Maybe Dan's wearing a pair. Anyway, <laughs> they feature a highly absorptive car- carbon cloth back panel, which traps and neutralizes flatulent odors. Oh, my God. So it's basically you wear these underwear, and if you got to drop ass, if you, even if you're in a public place, as long as you don't make a noise, nobody's supposed to know. <laughs> Hey, what's what's retail on these things? Because you know, I got this friend who uh, has some pretty bad parts. <laughs> well, I just want to know why the fuck were these things when I started like going out on dates? You know what I mean? It seems yeah. like I don't have gas at all. Nah, I could go gasless forever. You know. And then as soon as I start dating somebody new, we go out on our first date. I've got to drop one the whole time. <laughs> and so by the end of the date, it's like. After the night's over, where the fuck were these things then? <laughs> they didn't have the technology then. I don't use the bathroom at all. Like the first week of my relationships, <laughs> if they're around, I don't even use it. Right. <laughs> I think it. I think though, it kind of takes away from the fun of life. You know, sometimes it's fun to do that and just fart and stink up a room. <laughs> Why take away from it? I guess. I still don't do it around my girlfriend. I don't try to. No, I don't do it around my girlfriend, but around the general public, yeah. 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 (laughs) They deserve it. (laughs) You can always pass the buck, too. Yeah. 
Yeah, what, what was that guy? <laughs> a Dutch oven is funny in the movies, but in real life, oh my god, you're asking for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Never have done that in real life. The Dutch oven or farting yeah. in public? No, <laughs> Dutch oven. Never done the Dutch oven. Oh, me either. <laughs> that's fucking horrible. That's like uh, Peter Griffin Meg shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a real dick move. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, have you guys heard of all these uh, flash mobs? You guys have heard of flash mobs, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. It's, where, it's where the people at a set time in public, they start doing a dance out of nowhere. It's all over YouTube. It's even been featured in an AT&T commercial at one time. Well, mm-hmm. the next story is along those same lines. There's a group called Improv Everywhere. They're created and directed by Charlie Todd. They hit the streets of Manhattan to recreate a public real-life sequel to Back to the Future. Now, uh-huh. the skit included a time-traveling DeLorean appearing carrying Doc Brown, who was there to warn Marty McFly and Jennifer Parker that they were just about to see themselves from 10 minutes in the future, <laughs> the consequences of which could be a huge time paradox. Um, I just wanted to make our listeners aware of the improv group. Uh, they do have a website where you can watch their videos, uh, www.improveverywhere.com. So pretty cool. Like out of nowhere in the streets of Manhattan, they just put on one of these shows and you can see it. It's kind of, kind of reminded me of those flash mobs. Yeah. Yeah. I've always wanted that to actually happen to me with the DeLorean pulling up <laughs> and Doc right. Brown getting out of it. I always think it's going to happen every day I wake up. Never does. Wow, that sounds really interesting. It's like a 10 to 15 minute production then. Yeah. To fit around that plot, kind of. Yeah. Just like, uh, you know, you could be just walking around doing some shopping or whatever or on your way to work. And then all of a sudden, bam, there it is right there yeah. happening in so- front of you. Sorry, I'm late for work. I had to see the Back to the Future sequel. Oh, I know. I would totally be pulling out the cell phone and recording that shit. Oh, yeah. But you can go to their website and you can watch their videos. It's pretty cool. Awesome. Uh, This week I do have – did you guys watch anything this week? Anything interesting? No. You guys are fucking worthless. Next week when I ask this question, (laughs) Jesus Christ, I want you to watch something. I still don't have cable. I I can't watch shit. Okay, you guys. It's I got an Amish guy on the on the show. Now. <laughs> what the fuck? It's not out of choice. <laughs> and then nobody, I, nobody. Yeah, I, I think I watched two television programs this week. It was uh, Survivor and Amazing Race. God, oh, fuck. you're like my my guy, fucking grandparents. I'm like a cat lady. No shit. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I do have a TV and eyeballs and ears, and, and uh, I do a podcast on entertainment, and I did watch some things this week. <laughs> and uh, I, we have a special segment, Good Pop and Bad Pop, this week. So, Cool. It's time for more Leftover Reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. So next week, watch some fucking shit, and let's review it. <laughs> All right. I'm sick of we'll doing do. this by myself. This All right. Is, seriously, this is like podcast masturbation. <laughs> like I'm using my hand over here. Let's have a fucking orgy. I want you guys to watch some shit next week and review it with me. All right. All right. All right. I'm just fucking with you guys anyway. Uh, I, I need the, to watch shit anyway, dude. My DVR is getting full. Uh, so are your. So is your excuse bag. <laughs> <laughs> 
In this week's edition, I have a TV show and a movie that I want to discuss, as well as some new and old TV shows that may or may have not been picked up for a full season or have already been axed. Uh, first off, I watched a comedy pilot for Super Clyde. Did anybody hear about this? Let me guess, no. Anyway, <laughs> it's the show that CBS didn't pick up this season. It's starring Rupert Grint, who played uh, Ron Weasley in the Harry Potter films. Okay. In this show, he plays an American... Uh, his name is Clyde, and uh, he does our accent very well. Uh, I'd never heard Rupert Grint doing a uh, uh, you know an American accent, but he did it pretty well. Um, the show it starts out when he's a young boy. He's growing up right after his parents die, and he starts becoming a big fan of comic book heroes like Batman and Superman because their parents are dead as well as his, uh, <laughs> so he can relate to them. So he reads right. a lot of really reads a lot of comic books. Um, his uncle took him in to live with him, and, and he was a wealthy man who found, him, who found his fortune being the creator of, of what we know as Silly Putty. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, Clyde has two older siblings, uh, a brother who's a douchebag jock, and then a sister who overeats. And uh, their uncle ends up dying and leaves his house and a food allowance to the kids, but leaves his entire fortune to a company that makes prescri- uh, prescription glasses for cats. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. So they live in this beautiful house. They have a food allowance. They, you know, they go through school, and then they get jobs. Uh, so 15 years pass, and the family lawyer comes back and reveals that the cat glasses charity was a hoax and that their uncle wanted to give them time to work and find their own purpose in life. Uh, the way he had with his silly putty idea. Uh, right. None of them have done anything with themselves, even Clyde, who's working at a fast food restaurant, only so he can be close to a girl that he has a crush on. <laughs> so now they find themselves uh, being paid a $100,000 a month for the rest of their life. Oh, jeez. Oh, wow. Now, the older brother, he's played by Tyler Labine, who... I love Tyler Labine. I'm, I'm a huge fan of him. If you're not familiar with him, he played uh, uh, Sock on Reaper. Uh, he was uh, one of the guys in uh, Dale, and Tucker, uh, Dale and Tucker versus Evil. Oh, okay. Um, he did, uh, uh, what is it, the Sons of Tucson show. He, did, he was in a show with Jason Biggs on NBC that got canceled, Mad Love. Mm-hmm. He is fucking hilarious, and he just can't seem to get on a show that sticks and makes it more than two seasons. Uh, he was also in Planet of the Apes, the new the new movie that they had. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, now he just spends his money that he gets on you know massages and women and things like that. Now the older sister, she spends hers on getting liposuction done, and then just shows off her new body to get revenge on people in high school that called her fat. <laughs> uh, now Clyde Rupert Grint, uh, he does something completely different altogether, and I suggest you watch the show to find out. Uh, ah. Even <laughs> even though it, yeah, that won't happen with you fuckers, but anyway, Damn it. <laughs> people that listen to the podcast, they might actually care to watch this. Even though it wasn't picked up, I do give this a Tupperware. I thought it was really fun. It made it actually left me wanting to watch the next episode. How'd um, you see it, Brian? You can watch it at cbs.com. Uh, I watched it on the CBS app for the smartphone, or you can okay. watch it on YouTube. I suggest just watch it on the app for your smartphone. Plug it in the earplugs um, and, and watch, earplugs and watch it. I had a really good time watching this. It was a lot of fun, and it, I was really upset that it did not get picked up uh, for a full season. 
Yeah, I, I will check it out. I love Rupert Grant. I haven't seen him do anything but the Ron Weasley thing, so it'd be nice to see him do something else, you know? Yeah, and I mean, it's on CBS. I can understand there is some competition on that uh, on uh, with CBS as far as the comedies go. You know, I mean, but I mean, if I think if this was like on ABC, I think they would have picked it up. Right. It, it could always be a mid-season replacement if any of the other shows flop. You yeah, know? and the fact that they released the pilot online after people kind of petitioned for it is positive. I just don't think it's enough for it to get picked up. Man, mm-hmm. I, I think people really would have liked this show. It was kind of quirky. It kind of reminded me of something like, you know, Pushing Daisies. Oh, cool. Gotcha. Was it half an hour format or hour format? It was a half hour format. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. The second uh, good pop, bad pop review I want to go over. Um, did I did I mention that I give that? Yeah, I, I give that a Tupperware. Um, yeah. Yeah, Super Clyde. So check it out. The second up is a Redbox rental that I picked up. It's called uh, Kings of Summer. Uh, Kings of Summer has an R-rated. Uh, it's an R-rated comedy. Uh, it stars Nick Robinson of M- Melissa and Joey as well as the upcoming Jurassic World. We talked about him getting, um, you know, cast in the Jurassic World movie. And uh, it also stars Nick Offerman. Uh, he's the voice of Axe Cop in the Axe Cop cartoon. I know he's involved in some other things as well, but that's what I know him from. Yeah. Uh, Megan Mullally was also in this and Aaron Moriarty. And, and one of the funniest characters was uh, a character named Biagio. He's played by Moises Arias, uh, who you can see in Ender's Game that's in theaters right now. Um, the scenario for this is... Um, Joe Toy, on the verge of adolescence, finds himself increasingly, increasingly frustrated by his single father. Frank's attempts to manage his life. Declaring his freedom once and for all, he escapes to a clearing in the woods with his best friend, Patrick, and a strange kid named Biagio. He announces that they are going to build a house there, free from the responsibility and parents. Once their makeshift abode is finished, the three young men find themselves masters of their own destiny, alone in the woods. So uh, I watched this movie not knowing what to expect. I know I, I like Nick Robinson a lot. This movie was fucking fantastic. Um, it was Tupperware all the way. Um, watching these kids take to the woods and live on their own uh, just so that they can get away from their miserable parents is very humorous. Um, <laughs> each kid had a different problem with one of his parents. Um, I found myself relating to the character of Joe the most, played by Nick Robinson. I, I too, when I was a teenager, my mortal enemies were my parents, and I wanted nothing, <laughs> nothing more than to leave and never turn out like them. And I, I remember leaving at the age of 18 just to get the fuck out of that house. But it's also relatable watching the love interest of the film, she's by Aaron Moriarty, you know, be interested in someone else other than Nick Robinson's character, Joe. You know, I think we've all been there before having a crush on someone, but never having the courage to make a move and then watching as the other guy gets the girl. Oh, yeah. Um, now, watching Nick Robinson and his father, played by Nick Offerman, interact, you can easily understand why this kid wants to get the fuck out of his house. Um, <laughs> Nick Offerman plays a sarcastic bastard, but the the interactions between the two, especially during the Monopoly scene where they're playing Monopoly, is very good. I think everyone should watch that. Um, so many times, parents are so miserable with themselves that they, you know, they, they can take it out on their kids, and that and it scars the kids, and then. The one thing that can keep these kids' hope afloat, you know, falls, uh, 
for his best friend. So she, fall, right. you know, she starts falling for his best friend, the girl he's interested in. It's a very well written story. Nick Offerman is fantastic in this. Nick Robinson gets to really stretch his legs as an actor in this one. Not so much that he does on Melissa and Joey. He does the best that he can, but there's only so much they can do on ABC Family. Um, right. But as much as I love Nick Robinson in this movie, the surprise character for me was Moises Arias, who plays Biagio. This kid was very eccentric, very, very funny. I laughed out loud multiple times watching this kid. I highly recommend the movie. It's called Kings of Summer. Awesome, man. I I, I can relate to that. I think we all can. Just been been there. you know, Or even spending the night at like a friend's house yeah. who – has like a fort in the woods and you go out there cause the parents are going to be arguing the whole time. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's one of those things like you're watching it and you start to think about your childhood and, and yeah. the movie really struck a chord with me personally and, uh, was really invested with the characters, but there was those times where you're sitting, you're laughing like Nick Offerman, such a dick, but you're laughing at him. And the, the, uh, Biagio kid was fucking hilarious. And there is a, a weird after scenes, uh, after credit scene, so check that out. <laughs> awesome. Uh, finally, I just wanted to go over some shows that were either picked up uh, or, or in limbo or just were axed. Uh, I'm going to go over this real quick. American Dad on Fox is actually moving to TBS in 2014. Uh, back in the game on ABC, no full season order yet, but ABC has re- ordered more scripts. The Blacklist on NBC, NBC has ordered a full first season. That's the one with uh, James Spader. Um, Blue Bloods on CBS has been renewed for 2014-2015. Bob's Burgers on Fox renewed for 2014-2015. The Crazy Ones with Robin Williams, CBS has ordered a full first season. Dad, wow. Yeah, Dad's on Fox, uh, the Seth MacFarlane, uh, Seth Green show. Um, Fox has ordered more scripts, but no full season, no full season order yet. I I watched maybe one or two episodes of that. I think it's a pile of horse shit. Um, Uh, the Goldbergs, uh, I love this show. ABC ordered more scripts, but no full season order yet. That is crazy. If you're not watching the Goldbergs, it comes on after shield fucking hilarious. You know, uh, Cochran is one of the writers for that show. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, wow. Cochran from, uh, survivor. Yeah, he's one of the comedy like group writers for that show. Well, he's doing a great job. It's it's probably my favorite comedy. Uh, well, it's up there as my favorite comedy of the season for network television. Ironside, uh, NBC been canceled. Lucky Seven on ABC has been canceled. Uh, Marvel's Agents of Shield has been ordered for a full first season. The Michael J. Fox Show, NBC has ordered a full first season. That's great news. The, yeah. Mil- the Millers, uh, that's the new, um, uh, why can't I think of his name right now? Will Arnett show. Uh, NBC has ordered a full first season. I did watch the first episode, the pilot. It is very charming. I'm going to keep watching it. Uh, Mom, I have seen that. It stars the girl from Scary Movie. I can't remember what, Anna Ferris? Is that her name? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yes. CBS uh, gave it a, f- a order for a full first season. It's actually pretty funny. It's not bad. Uh, the Simpsons, of course, has been renewed for 2014-2015. Sleepy Hollow has already been renewed for 2014-2015. Super Fun Night, have not seen that. No full season order yet, but ABC has ordered more scripts. Trophy Wife, ABC has ordered more scripts, but no full season yet. Uh, I've watched a couple episodes of that. It's okay. We Are Men on CBS has been canceled. Watched the pilot of that. Did not really care for it. 
Welcome to the Family on NBC has been canceled. Oh. Mm. So just wanted to go over a few of those just in case some of those are your favorite shows. Uh, maybe some of them you were happy that they were renewed. Maybe some of them you're happy that they were axed. So um, next story I wanted to go over real quick. I read a charming story this week about actor Jake Gyllenhaal. Apparently <laughs> he adi- auditioned for the role of Frodo. I did not know this in Lord of the Rings. Wow. <laughs> and in an that would have been different. <laughs> yes. And in an interview with The Hollywood Reporter, he opened up about it. He explained that when he went into the audition, he had no clue that he needed to use an accent for the part. Oh. <laughs> he, went, he went on to say, I remember auditioning for The Lord of the Rings, the role of Frodo, and going in and not being told that I needed a British accent. I really do remember Peter Jackson saying to me, you know that you have to do this in a British accent. <laughs> so apparently him and his agent, they heard back, and it was literally one of the worst auditions ever. Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> so, yeah, of course, you know, we all know that Elijah Wood got the part of uh, Frodo, and uh, and I'm glad he did. Um, yeah, for sure. And, he kills it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think his accent would have been better. If you heard... Uh, Gyllenhaal's accent in Prince of Persia it wasn't that impressive, to be honest. Yeah, that's the movie I was thinking of, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, speaking of Lord of the Rings, real quick, Mark Webb, the director of Amazing Spider-Man 2, he took to Twitter to tweet a message about when we shall see the first trailer for the Spider-Man sequel. But he tweeted it in Elvish. <laughs> which, which awesome. It's an actual language. I think Tolkien actually came up with the language. And when this was deciphered, it read, watch for the Amazing Spider-Man 2 trailer in front of The Hobbit in 3D. Cool. Oh, nice. He only confirmed the 3D showing, so there is a chance it might not make it to the 2D screenings. Right. So, Which is something that they did uh, recently with... Uh, what was it? The Hobbit last year in IMAX when they did that, they showed like the first nine minutes of the Star Trek Into Darkness movie. Yeah, and yeah, you could, they did. Yeah, you couldn't see it in the regular. So, which was a great idea and got me totally hyped for it. Oh, so. me too. Because those first nine minutes were fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. Especially in 3D. Uh, so in episode 25, you guys remember we talked about the very first Marvel Disney ride at Disney Hong Kong. Oh, yeah. Yes. And it being an Iron Man simulator, simulator. Well, this news isn't brand new, but I wanted to bring it up anyway. Disney will be adding Avatar Land based on James Cameron's movie Avatar. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's only the biggest selling movie of all time. We'll be posting for the But uh, it will be based in Disney's Animal Kingdom, so this fits the theme of the park. Walt Disney Parks and Resorts chairman Tom Skaggs had this to say about the attraction. In the world of Avatar, guests will encounter awe-inspiring floating mountains and wander through a nighttime jungle of bioluminescent plants that are alive with the light and sound. Guests will also discover what it feels like to soar into the sky riding a banshee. Awesome. So I wanted to know your guys' thoughts about this as – I'm not talking about your fucking thoughts as a goddamn movie. <laughs> I want to know what your thoughts are about the number one movie, number one box office smash, the way it looked on the screen in 3D, and how that could translate into a theme park. I don't want to know your fucking thoughts on the movie, Jake. <laughs> 
<laughs> I I think it'll be awesome, man. I I saw some. Uh, they did some like miniature layouts of what it's going to look like. I saw some pics of that. Um, it looks pretty cool. I want to experience all those things. So um, I think it'd be a good draw. It'd be. It's a reason for me to want to go. Um, I haven't been in years, so that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Can I own my very own piece of unobtainium? Can you? I what? think that's an oxymoron. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's the name of the mineral. The mineral that yeah that Giovanni Urbisi was you know crazy about. Now look at him; he's doing that fucking shitty show, Dads. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, if they can pull this off to like a world that you walk into, and like if you touch something and it reacts to it, that's cool. Yeah, that's what I want to see. I don't want to see. I, I just I don't want them to to do this just to to make a quick buck. I, I want this to be like the way it is in the movies. Like when you're walking, I want I want the environment around you to react. I want flowers to bloom if you touch them, and you know do all this crazy shit that you saw in the movie. Now, will we see that? I don't know, but that's part of the that's part of the draw that I think that people are going to have when when it comes to this theme attraction. Yeah, it'll be the first, I think, of its kind that's that immersive, I think. So, I mean, Disney's really good at pulling that stuff off, and they've got a lot of smart people working for them. So, I don't, I don't know. We'll see. What, did they give a date when that's coming out? Or uh, If they did, I didn't really I – didn't, I didn't catch it. I'm sure it's just like beginning stages. So They'll probably try to get it in time for the sequels. Yeah, that's true. Well, they've got plenty, yeah. they've got plenty of time for that. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of Avatar, real quick, I did want to point out. I don't know if you guys read this, but it looks like Stephen Lang. You guys remember him? He played the villain. You know, yeah, the, the, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's been confirmed for all three Avatar sequels, which is very weird. Yes, yeah. considering you know, spoiler alert, he fucking died at the end of the first film. <laughs> that's yeah, that's strange. So Why people, bring him back that many times anyway? Well, I, what what is he? Jeez. Right. I mean, is he going to come back as a cyborg? You know, people are already speculating this. You know, is it his twin? Is it uh, is he cyborg, android, whatever? I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. Wow. Um, but uh, hmm. filming for Avatar two will start next year, and the movie will hit theaters in 2016, and then part three in 2017, and part four in 2018. Damn. Oh boy, love, love that avatar. <laughs> well, it sounds like it's going to bring a whole new element to the story, possibly. So that's kind of intriguing, at least. I don't, guys. It's not about. I don't watch it at home. I own it, but I don't watch it. Um, oh, I won't. Yeah, it's no. it's about seeing it in the theater. It's about being in Pandora. You know? Right. Yeah. I mean, all the stories have done before. I mean, it's like it's like a it's a part Last Samurai. It's a part you know Dancing with Wolves. It's a part. Um, Fern Gully. Fern Gully. I mean, it's all these things come together. It's not an original concept. It's about the fucking experience of being in Pandora and watching it, you know, in 3D with James Cameron, who, in my opinion, is still a visionary because he did take 3D to the next level with the 3D fusion camera. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. So I'm not saying this is the next fucking Star Wars. I'm saying this is like being in Pandora is like being it's it's an experience. It's almost like gravity in a way. Right. Except an hour and a half longer. Well, I, I enjoyed being in Pandora. I enjoyed looking at sets that weren't like, uh, you know, when, when you're on Tatooine, you're just like in, you're just looking at, you know, the desert. Th- this, right. These are completely, this is a completely new world that he made up with those floating mountains. You're not going to see that in any other movie. This is a completely new world. Pandora was a completely new world. 
Um, I, I thought it was amazing. Um, you have withdrawal after you get out of that movie from, you know, cause you're back in the real world and you want to still be in it. Well, and then you watch another 3d movie and you're like, man, this just doesn't compare. Right. I, I agree with that completely. Yeah. I'm not saying, and I'm not saying that fucking, uh, Avatar was the most revolutionary movie ever made that like, it, like the script was just like out of this world and wow, I've never seen these, uh, plot points and elements played out in any other movie. No, it stole from every other movie out there, but you know what? It, visually, it did it in a way that kicked every one of those other movies asses. And I bet, oh, yeah. I bet George Lucas watched Avatar and was like, holy shit, man, this is what Star Wars needs to be fucking doing. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I had that opinion after seeing it too. Yeah, yeah. Because like I got out of the movie and I thought to myself, "Shit, you know, I've seen a lot of this stuff in other movies, but man, did it look beautiful?" Yeah, yeah. It its visuals were definitely the best part of it. Yeah, it's like talking to Megan Fox. <laughs> you don't really care about listening to her, but damn, she looks good. Right. <laughs> yeah, I did not care for listening to her. <laughs> yeah. You guys hear she's got a fucked up thumb? No. What yeah. from? <laughs> she's got a fucked up thumb. Um look at uh do it just do a Google search on uh Megan Fox's thumb. I'm on it right now. Yeah. Look into that. <laughs> just that's what I've heard. The bitch has got a fucked up thumb. <laughs> Me, yeah. Are you really searching that right now? Yeah, yeah he's I, searching. I got you. <laughs> Yeah, celebrities you- with weird body parts. Here we go. Yeah, there we go. It's, the condition's called clubbed thumb. Hmm. Oh, jeez. So she was born that way. Yeah, yeah, she was born that way. Oh, here we go. Here's a minute for interview where she discusses it. <laughs> so you know what? If she ever breaks up with Brian Austin Green and you meet her, just uh, you know. Try not to stare at the thumb. Well, just say something fucked up about the thumb. She'll probably fall in love with you. She's got dad issues. <laughs> yeah, she's a maverick. <laughs> what the fuck are you playing over there? Porn again? I was watching Megan Fox talk about her thumb. Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd he like, did. I'd like to thumb wrestle her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if the condition makes her better or worse. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know. She's she's all right. She's all right. So we talked a little bit about Star Wars there in that last segment. Can we talk about some Star Wars news? Yeah, I've got Star Wars news. You've got Star Wars news. Who wants to bust out their Star Wars news first? Um, well, there was this really cool uh, YouTube short that these people made that um, was addressed to J.J. Abrams, and it's the four rules to make Star Wars great again. Um, and I thought these were really cool. Uh, rule number one, the setting is the frontier. So Star Wars is uh, more of a Western than anything. And I think that's kind of, you know, George Lucas took from like the Seven Samurai story, which was turned into a Western. And then he made the, you know, the first three Star Wars movies kind of based on some of those elements. So I thought that was pretty cool. Rule number two, the future is old. Um, Star Wars beauty isn't clean it it isn't new. It needs to be dirty, gritty, and kind of a used world, a lived in you know kind of world, which I thought was lacking from the prequels. Was one of the things that bugged me, even though yeah. it was the prequels. Yeah, like we were talking uh, like last week with uh, Asgard. It just looked too shiny and too nice. Yeah, 
you know, of course it is a majestic place. And if you look at it in the comics, it does look like that. But it's also like, you know, old and weathered too at the same time. Right, right. So, and that, you know, movies like Lord of the Rings really pulls that stuff off well. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I thought that was a good point. It, it really bugged me about the, for the prequels just because I was so used to it. Um, rule number three, the force is mysterious. Um, we don't <laughs> always need an explanation. Hi, midichlorians. Uh, yeah, yeah. How many midichlorians do I have? <laughs> Shut up, young Padawan. <laughs> uh, but you know, what was cool about like the force, uh, like growing up, you'd watch those movies and they talk about the force. And then later on, you'd think about what is the force for the rest of your life? You know, you're still thinking about what do they mean by the force, even though the prequels kind of, you know, ruin that. I, I just kind of throw that to the side, but I thought that was a good point. And then yeah. rule number four, Star Wars isn't cute. Um, you know, like we learned from the first movies, you walk into a bar, the wrong bar, you say the wrong thing, you lose an arm. You don't pay up your debts like Han Solo, you end up in carbonite. Um, it should be a dangerous place like, uh, you know, like Moss Eisley was. It shouldn't be so, you know, like Ewok and Endor and Jar Jar Binks, none of that stuff. Yeah, but so, even the Ewoks, even the Ewoks would fuck you up if given the chance. Yes, uh-huh. they were vicious warriors. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so yeah, I don't necessarily have a huge problem with the Ewoks, but you know, I thought that was, those were some good points. And, um, JJ Abrams responded to them. Um, the times was interviewing him. Um, and he says, I would say that video conveys a feeling that we share very much. Nice. Um, I, and then, uh, uh, they wanted him to talk more about what he loved about the original, uh, trilogies and give an idea of the tone he's striving for. He says, I loved how star Wars had that sense of a world, far beyond the borders of what you can see and have been told. It's one of the things that it did so brilliantly. If you watch the first movie, you don't actually know exactly what the Empire is trying to do. They're going to try to rule by fear, but you don't know what their end game is. The beauty of that movie is that it was as it was an unfamiliar world, and yet you wanted to see it expand and see where it went. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't discount the prequels. He, he knows a lot of kids grew up. Uh, young younger kids grew up on the prequels, so he's not discounting that either. Um, but I think the prior statement kind of give, gives a better idea of the tone, which I think yeah. is a, a great thing. But do, so he's is he saying that he does not want this next? Okay, that he doesn't want it to be formulaic. I mean, in a way, because I don't want this to be formulaic to like, oh, we're just going to try to recreate the the original prequels. The, I think the, he's the, the original, yeah. the original, yeah. you know, four or five. Excuse me. Four, five, and six. I right. don't want him to. I don't want this to be formulaic. Like we can expect to. Like, oh, okay. The first one's going to be kind of like a New Hope. Second one's yeah. going to be kind of like Empire, a little bit darker. Oh, and, the, and then by the you know by but the next one is going to be you know oh okay now the Jedi have all come together and they're going to defeat you know you know the Sith or whatever. I don't right. want it to become formulaic. I want it. I like like he said. I want it to be like we didn't know what the Empire was going to fucking do. Right. I, I think you can expect from Abrams that at least that it's not going to be too formulaic or he's going to try and work outside of the formula. Yeah, like with Star Trek in a way. It know. was so formulaic in the fucking last uh, – the Star Trek Into Darkness. I mean beat for beat, it was pretty much you know, the Wrath of Khan. And I agree. Why, why fucking dip from the same well? Uh, especially one of the best stories in Star Trek, Wrath of Khan. Oh, let's try to recreate that. 
which is right. like what we talked about last week, Jay. You had a great point last week. I listened to the podcast again, and you were mm-hmm. like, you know, we try to recreate these moments from our childhood, and it never works out. Right. Because <laughs> you can't agree, do it. I agree, Brian. I, that's what scares me so much about the putting all the old actors in the movie is them trying to recreate a bunch of garbage, you know? Yeah, but I, I think in a way you can't not bring them into this. I mean, that's kind of like where the story left off. And I, I don't think they're going to be the main part of the story. I, I think what I, I'm worried about is I'm worried about is, you know, now that you've got J.J. Abrams and Kasdan in there, Kasdan trying to, you know, recreate the magic that he had in the first, you know, uh, the the two movies that he did. Uh, you know, that's why I thought Michael Arndt was perfect uh, to come in there and, and, and write a script, get some new blood in there and, and you know, re-energize the series. Like Jay said last week, it is hard to recreate those awesome memories from our childhood and especially when it's the same person. Just like, you know, with uh, fucking Ackroyd bringing back the Blues Brothers 2000 or even going for Ghostbusters 3 and, and, right. and possibly Tim Burton trying to do Beetlejuice 2. I'm yeah. worried about Star Trek becoming uh, – you know, victim to that uh, train of thought. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, even look at like Ridley Scott with Prometheus trying to recap, even like James Cameron trying to do Aliens 2, you know, yeah. and trying to recreate how cool Alien was or how creepy Alien was. Right. It's the same kind of thing, and it is it is kind of worrisome. I think they're... I think they're trying to really get a sense of the feel of the first three movies and what about the feel of it or the impact of those movies was important. I, I don't think JJ's gonna he's saying that he's gonna take everything and, and bust it down into this is the way you make a Star Wars movie, but yeah, we'll see. I don't know. It is kind of troublesome. Yeah. So what about the other news that we heard? Uh you know, last week we heard Michael Arndt's script, it's been scrapped. Uh according to THR, Kathleen Kennedy and most of the creative team on the movie have asked that they push this movie back to 2016 in order to give their best effort to give us a great Star Wars film. Yeah. Okay. Now it looks like Disney CEO Bob Iger is saying no. (laughs) Yeah, he is definitely saying no. (laughs) That's crazy. Well, rumors are that he uh, wants the film out by 2015 because he's got shareholders uh, that are pressuring him to have the revenue from both the film and merchandising in that year. According to the reports, though, J.J. Abrams is more in sync with the 2015 release date than Kennedy. Um, so what do you guys think about this? This is not good news, in my opinion. No, hearing all this business side of Episode 7 is really, it's like, oh, I don't want to hear about this at all. I want to hear about casting, and I want to hear about fun stuff, not you know whether or not they're going to have time to make a good Star Wars movie. Yeah, yeah, it does kind of put a dark cloud on the whole thing. I mean, this is kind of the first news we're getting in a while. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's really nothing good about it when everyone involved, except the CEO, basically, are saying, you know, we need to push this back. Um, but, you know, it, I yeah, I don't like it. I don't like that they're trying to rush this. I don't want it rushed. I don't think anybody does. Right. Yeah, to get toys out and to get merchandise out. Yeah, why that shouldn't be a priority. Yeah, and don't you feel like they kind of have to, in some ways, at least rough, write the outline for the whole new trilogy? I mean, you're not going to write episodes eight and nine right away, but you're definitely going to do some setup in seven for some payoff in nine, right? Well, I mean, I mean you have to, yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, 
So, I mean, give him, give him some time. I mean, let's see a good product. You well, know? My, Michael Arnn had apparently, he'd been working on this. According to the THR, Michael Arnn had been working on, uh, 40 to, to 50, 40 to 50 page treatment of the movie before Lucasfilm was even purchased by Disney. Oh my God. So he was far ahead in this process and now he's out. <sighs> and so it's like, where you've got Kasdan and JJ starting over from the beginning from scratch. Yeah. I, I don't think we could have anything but a great movie if they don't wait until 2016. I Of course JJ's going to think he can get this done. I mean JJ is uh he's the man, but I mean he can only do so much. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm going to think that there's a lot of location shooting. They've already talked about that. Um, so they're going to be doing a lot of traveling and I, I don't know. It just seems to me like there's a lot of details that have not been worked out yet. Sounds like to me, these motherfuckers think that, you know what? It's a star Wars movie. Everybody's going to see it no matter what. Yeah. Which, which is really disheartening. I want to, yeah, I want to see an epic star Wars movie. I, I, I want to leave the theater with chills and being like, holy shit, wow, like I just saw the Avengers, or like I just saw like the uh, the 2009 uh, Star Trek with J- by J.J. Abrams. That's what I want to feel like. I don't want to feel like, what the fuck, I waited three years for that shit? For that? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, yeah, and- plus look at all the competition. It's going to be compared to a lot of those movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a tough thing to sell if you're not doing it right. You know? Yeah, I mean, even the prequels were one of their kind when they came out. This this new Star Wars trilogy—that's a great point, Jay. Yeah, and you got a lot to prove, and you're going to have immediately immediate comparisons the opening weekend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, everybody's going to see this movie anyway, and I think that's what they're banking on. <sighs> yeah, you know, it'd just be nice to know, like, if they if they, okay after the, all these rumors came out. It'd be nice to know that Bob Iger came out and said, "No, it's not true." Yeah, and yeah, uh, we and, and heard if, that. Yeah, and if we need, if we do need to push it to 2016, we will push it to 2016 because we do want the best movie out there. You know? Yeah, it wasn't even considered a, a possibility by him, right? Yeah, that's he wants to hurry up and make that money back. It was a big investment for him to buy all that and. They want their return, you know? Yeah, and they've really got to nail everything oh, now. Are they not selling Star Wars merchandise right now? Yeah, uh, <laughs> always. Yeah. It's- <laughs> it never ends. I know, so I know, deal? I know there'll be a huge boost in sales when they have new characters and, and, you know, new vehicles and new toys and, like, you know, new bed sheets with new characters on it, too. But guaranteed. They're, they're oh, still yeah. making money, guys. Yeah, Come even on. if it's a year later, it's guaranteed. Yeah, even so if it's a year later, and they're planning on doing a movie every year. Yeah. <laughs> no, they want it now. You know, they want it 2015. Now well, we need, and, the shareholders need their money. I don't have to, <laughs> I don't have to see a movie in 2015 if it's going to be a stinking pile of shit. No, I'd rather not. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather not. I, I don't want Star Wars to get the rush job. It's really frustrating to read all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, let's um, get, I hope to hear some good news. Well, here, here's some kind of good news, I guess. There's there's possible details of Harrison Ford's uh, deal for Episode 7. Um, this, of course, is all rumor, um, speculation, but 
Uh, Jedi News, who's been reporting a lot of this stuff, uh, reckoned that Ford is now 100% locked in to return as Han Solo. Um, but there were definitely some strings attached to that and some stipulations. Uh, Ford wanted to see his, uh, see the synopsis first, first of all for his character's development over more than just Episode Seven. Now, these sources say that he saw this in August and is happy with the story arc, so it is as far as this rumor is considered, he's moving forward with with Star Wars. Um, another part of the commitment was uh, Ford wanted to know that Indiana Jones 5 would be coming out. Um, now, that agreement apparently fell through because there's no script. Nobody's written it. Nobody's Nobody's been trying to develop this. Um, so they said by the end of calendar year 2014, um, if something is written and an outline is developed, they will agree to move forward with it. Um, and then this is all apparently in relation to something that somebody heard from Disney wanted a multi-film deal with Ford, which transcends episode seven. So this kind of goes hand in hand with this. Again, this could all be bullshit, um, um, but it could also be why Harrison Ford has been so quiet about this whole thing. Uh, Shia LaBeouf, he had come out a couple years ago and said that they had found out the MacGuffin for Indiana Jones five. Hmm. Like he, they knew what the MacGuffin's gonna be, cause like that was the right. big deal. It's like, okay, what's the new MacGuffin? Yeah. So now, I don't know if there any. I mean, this is you know two, three years ago when he said this. Though this was like right after um, Indiana Jones, uh, that last film that they made. Um, and uh, I mean, who knows if they'll even go with the same MacGuffin? And like, how how involved is Lucas gonna be? Yeah, it doesn't say anything about that. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem like he's involved at all, apparently. <laughs> apparently nobody is, except Harrison Ford at this point. Would you guys want to see an Indy 5 yeah. with the light of day? Really? Yeah, I want I want let's I need a palate cleanser. I mean, I didn't hate that's four. A, I didn't, that's a good point. I didn't hate four. I, I hated the last 15 minutes. But yeah. um and the monkey scene. But I didn't uh-huh. hate it. I didn't hate it. Uh it was nice seeing Indy again. It was nice seeing uh I didn't like Shia LaBeouf in it either, uh, but no. you know it was it was nice seeing um, uh, what's her face come back and play. Uh, man, I can't think of their names right now. Yeah, it was Marion. Marion. Yeah, yeah. Marion. Uh, it was nice seeing her coming back. Come back, and it was nice to see them two get married. Um, but uh, you know, there's a lot of things that I didn't like about that movie, but a lot of things that I did. Uh, it, it did overall. It it was of course it was like the least best of the <laughs> uh, least satisfying yeah the yeah. least satisfying of all the um indiana jones movies but i'd like for a movie to come back and like you know set it straight um and then maybe even pass the torch on to somebody else but, uh, you know cause yeah I, but not shia labeouf no no he, he still i still think he plays it so well that it's it, that that is, that alone is a draw for me i still think he has a lot of fun with that character, and I really like seeing that. So yeah, and he wants to play the character. He's dying to do another indie. Yeah, if he's got it in him, fuck it, let him do it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I'm a. I don't know. I just I love Harrison Ford. Yeah, me too. Ever since I was a wee lad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's cool that you know he could be both you know Han Solo and. Uh, and uh, Indiana Jones. I mean, there's a lot of actors now that don't want to like get. You know, they don't want to be locked into like these different characters like that. And it's just, it's cool that he'd still come back and, and do those characters for, for the fans. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. And he didn't let him get him down. I mean, he still was in blockbuster hits, you know, oh, yeah. Fugitive Air Force One, all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, Jay, do you have any more Star Wars news? If not... That is it for me, my friend. Okay. All right. So, guys, we're waiting for 2014's Transformers Age of uh, Extinction. Uh, it's going to be the fourth installment of the franchise uh, yep. to come out. Now, Hasbro has released a list of toys that are part of the movie franchise, uh, m- movie merchandise for the film. Uh, the list was released uh, by Transformers World and then Transformers Live went through the huge list, and we now know some of the robots we'll be seeing in the film if the toys are any indication. Uh, hmm. it, it doesn't mean that they have to be, but as far as the toys are concerned, uh, here are some of the robots that we will be seeing in uh, Transformers Age of Extinction. Of course, Bumblebee, uh, Crosshairs, Drift, uh, our first Dinobot, Grimlock. Yay! Uh, one of my favorites from the original cartoon, Hound. Yeah, yeah. baby. I love Hound. Uh, Hound. Hound is great. Yeah, Hound was one of the uh, Autobots that didn't get homesick. He actually preferred Earth over Cybertron. Right. And I, I, that's what I really liked about Hound's character. Um, Lockdown. Of course, Optimus Prime. Uh, Scorn. Uh, I'm going to go through a couple Dinobots. Slag. Slash. Okay, now back to a regular uh, robot, Slingshot. Mm-hmm. Here's another Dinobot, Snarl. Nice. Okay, we're going to have Southpaw, Stinger, Strafe, and the final name on that list was Galvatron. Oh, Whoa. shit. <laughs> oh, cool. So uh, we are going to be looking forward to seeing Galvatron. Um, I noticed as far as the Dinobots were named off, there was no swoop. Right. They call him Slash now? Is that what it is? Is it? I think so, yeah. Okay. I know That's kind of silly. Yeah, well, there was Snarl. Oh, yeah, Snarl did make the list. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, there was no swoop. <laughs> um, so I don't know if uh, – is Slash, is Slash the, you know, the Pteranodon or Pterodactyl or whatever the fuck you want to call him? Yeah, I don't know. I think I so. Know. I, bet I don't you, think that, yeah. I'm going to have to talk to Ryan or uh, Chuck from uh, Star Joe's. I bet they know. A yes, lot, they know a lot more about this shit than we do. Yeah, so, they would know. Yeah, they would definitely know. So I wonder if they've seen this list. But uh, yeah, Galvatron, that's promising. So we kind of know where it's going to go. Maybe there is a Unicron connection. Maybe at the end of the film. Now, Michael Bay, he is going to be doing this fourth one. But there's no talk about this is going to be a new trilogy with four, five, and six. Michael Bay is not locked into five and six. He has said that four is going to be his last film, but he also said that about three, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would hope he leaves after this. Yeah. I mean, if he sets this up for something cool down the road, that'd be fine and, and it'd be honorable. You, you know, know well, I still watch these movies, even though I'm not a big Bay fan. Yeah, so. me too. I'm not a big fan of Bay formers, but you know, like if. For some reason, like he does, thank God he. I hope he doesn't come back for parts five and six. But if there is no Pacific Rim two, that'd be awesome if they talked to Guillermo and they told yeah. him that they'd like to see him come in and do parts five and six. Yeah, if you're gonna do Unicron, bring in yeah Del Toro for sure. Yeah. That would be a match made in heaven right there. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Guillermo del Toro taking over the uh, trans- Transformers universe would be that would be fucking amazing. I would love it. <laughs> Dear Lord, yeah. I am excited about Galvatron. I, I've been wanting to see that since they announced they were making a, a Transformers movie. So that's pretty cool news. I mean, it, it just depends. Like I thought Megatron was a big time throwaway in the last film. Yeah, uh, they made him a. He bitch, was like dude. the worst part about it. Yeah, they made him. He was him a, a wimp, yeah. Yeah, they made him a bitch. Like, dude, they didn't need, okay, first off, the first movie, they made Optimus a bitch, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, in the, and they made, they made Megatron like this force you could not fucking stop. By the third one, fucking Optimus Prime was like fucking like Neo and shit. And like he Tearing was the fucking, it up, yeah. yeah and, like, <laughs> and, and then Megatron was the bitch. And it was like, come on, guys, this makes no sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, he's sitting there with like a tarp over his head in an alleyway somewhere. You t- you kidding me? Like this guy <laughs> took on the whole Autobot team, you know? Right. <laughs> Come on. Well, I understand. So and, that's exciting. And I remember, like, most of the movie wasn't like Megatron. Didn't he? Wasn't he like like uh, he just looked like shit? He was fucked up. Didn't he have like Herschel from Walking Dead? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think there's a chance we'll get uh, Leonard Nimoy back for uh, Galvatron. That'd be awesome. No, Leonard Nimoy, he did the voice for uh, the dude in the previous film, man. Uh, the the villain in the previous film. Oh. Did he? Yeah, hold up, dude. Oh, oh, for Optimus Prime's father. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or was it Optimus Prime's father? It was, yeah, one, it, was. it was one of the Primes. Yeah, I thought it was his father. Uh, Optimus Prime is original. Well, they're not going. I don't know if they're going by Transformers canon, but I don't know who Orion Pax's father was, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I know. know that uh, Leonard Nimoy played the other Prime in that movie. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah, I, that kind of pissed me off because they could have totally had him play Galvatron, which would have been awesome. Yeah, if they're going to have Galvatron, why the fuck would they have used Leonard Nimoy for someone else? Maybe he know. merges with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. You never know. Maybe he takes the parts from him, puts it on him. I don't know. These movies are already confusing enough. I don't need that <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> There were some cool uh, redesigns of all the the ro- well of I, I saw of Optimus and Bumblebee it looked pretty um more streamlined nowhere closer to the toys though, Why the but- fuck did they call the RC the RC twins and there was 3 of them wouldn't it be the yeah, RC- no shit. wouldn't it be the RC triplets and why the fuck did they have to be triplets Right <laughs> And they just like did she die like she just disappeared from the movie like after the first part and what's yeah, up with it, the racist ghetto bots from the second? racist <laughs> ghetto bots. That was the next thing I was going to bring I up. I was so uncomfortable watching that in the theater. With, me too. You know, African-Americans amongst me. And it's just like, God, this is really bad. <laughs> it's horrible. People, uh, people gave the Gungans a hard time for that. And it was nowhere near like that blatant in your face as Transformers 3. Yeah. Yeah, the Gungans had a little bit of it, though. <laughs> yeah, that was obnoxious. Even my mom was like, I did not like those those two robots. Well, that's why that's why they didn't bring them back for the third movie. Yeah, yeah no shit. Because they were highly racist and offensive. Yeah, real bad call. Amongst his many bad calls. Okay, yeah, okay. I'm okay, I'm not going to get into into more racist Transformers, but I was no. I was going to take it there, but I'm not. I'm going to step back. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about some horror movie news. Uh, Clive Barker is writing the script for Hell Ra- for a Hellraiser reboot, and uh, Doug Bradley has confirmed that he is coming back to play Pinhead. 
Yes. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah you can't have anybody else but Bradley for that. They tried I not, it. And it yeah, they tried, yeah. Now, uh, Clive Barker had some interesting things to say about the remake of this Facebook uh, of of the remake on his Facebook page, excuse me. A few weeks ago, I had a very productive meeting with Bob Weinstein of Dimension Pictures, in the course of which I pitched a remake of the first Hellraiser film. The idea of my coming back to the original film and telling the story with a fresh intensity, honoring the structure and designs from the first in- incarnation, but hopefully creating a darker and richer film was attractive to Dimension. And then he said, uh, you know, so if you are worried about the new movie being heavy on CGI, he also had this to say, it will not be a film awash with CGI. I remain as passionate about the power of practical makeup effects as I was when I was, when I wrote and directed the first Hellraiser. Of course, the best makeup in the world loses force if not inhabited by a first-rate actor. I told Dimension Team that, in my opinion, there could never be a pinhead without Doug Bradley. And much to my delight, Bob Weinstein agreed. Nice. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. I mean, those movies still – I love those movies. Just visually and just kind of how it plays with your eyes and your brain – Definitely kind of scared the shit out of me growing up. So I want to see that redone. Sounds like he's really, yeah, really into it. It's got a good idea of what he wants to do for it. So Yeah, the first two Hellraisers are classic movies, in my opinion. I love the puzzle box and wanting to know the mystery of that. And I love in Hellraiser 2 when we go inside the puzzle box. And I like all the Cenobites, too, not just Pinhead. Yeah, exactly. When they introduce all the Cenobites, except for the one that would throw CDs at people, that was kind of fucking (laughs) weird. Yeah. That was some Hellraiser 3 action. Though. Yeah. <laughs> that one looked like Hulk Hogan. Remember the one that looked like Hulk Hogan with the camcorder in his head? In oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fun movie. I, I love the. I, I don't like a lot of horror films, but that was a fun one. I was thinking if they couldn't get Doug Bradley to come back, they could get comedian Doug Benson and they could call it High Razor. <laughs> <laughs> and then. Yeah. It would Stick be joints all over his yeah, head. Yeah, he'd be he'd be joint head, and then um, they could just make him like really forgetful, and he'd forget things. <laughs> and instead of the Cenobites, he could have a group called the Cenoblunts, <laughs> and they would just get really high and get other people high, and like they'd never be able to open the box because they would just forget about it. <laughs> we used to know how to open this box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. They'd use it's it probably s- in the works, actually. <laughs> you put your weed in there. Oh, that's a great sketch. <laughs> that was an awesome SNL sketch. <laughs> I love that sketch. Uh, so I watched the I don't I watched the Evil Dead reboot in theaters last year with director uh, Fetty Alvarez. Um, mm-hmm. And have you guys seen it? I based on your review, I did not watch it. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't want to see a bad Evil Dead movie. Yeah, uh, I haven't heard a good thing about it. No. Yeah, Fetty Alvarez. It was financially successful though, guys. It had a budget of seventeen million. It pulled in fifty four point two million. So, it was poised for a sequel, but it looks like Fetty Alvarez will not be returning as well as the co writer. Um, now, according to DesdeHollywood.com. Uh, Rodo, uh, let me try to pronounce his fucking name. Rodo Sayoges, which is the co-writer, said, "I am sorry to tell you this, but that movie won't happen. Evil Dead Two is not going to happen, at least not with us involved. We left that project many months ago because we preferred to put our energies on other things. I don't know if the producers still have intentions of making it, 
But what I can tell you is that we are not part of that project. Hmm. I mean, this, of course, you know, coming right after we heard that you know, Bruce Campbell's coming back for Army of Darkness 2, and that there could be a crossover film between that Evil Dead series and then you know, the original Evil Dead Army of Darkness series. Right. Which I hope so doesn't now, happen. I think just keep the shit separate. Let hey, you know what? Let's let's bury that Evil Dead movie. That last one that came out, let's just bury that. Yeah, I hope it gets raped by trees. <laughs> it was horrible. It was horrible. Yeah. Yeah, I I can't bear to watch it actually. I I like this news. This is good news. I I agree. Keep it separate. Keep Army of Darkness 2. I say, why even bother if that's coming out? Don't even bother with Evil Dead 2. Well, I don't know if it's good news or not, Jay, because I think they are seriously talking about making this, just getting a new writer and trying to merge this new franchise into the old franchise. It's yeah. pretty crappy. Yeah. I guess if it was financially viable, yeah. Hey, we've been talking about this expanded universe shit. Yeah, that's Dead. exactly what's going on. That's oh, let's ex- get get a piece of that pie and merge the two Evil Dead universes. Right. Oh, God, no. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's not bad news. I don't know. That seems that seems where everything is going right now. The only way, the only thing that really makes sense to like do like the expanded universe, of course, is it works with the Marvel movies. It really does because that's you know we've got original stories where all these characters do come together. Right. Yeah, and it's just like the comics where what you're reading in Fantastic Four may show up in a in a panel of what you're reading in Thor. You know, right. it has yeah. the same kind of symmetry as the comic books. Yeah. And like and even I think it's even going to work with now that um uh you know, okay, now that Universal is really making a push for like their Universal Monster line. I right. think that they could have like expanded universe with like, you know, um and I think uh, uh Orsi and Kurtzman are going to be heading this this uh most of this shit up, but um an expanded universe, you know, where like we will have like the Wolfman meeting Dracula and you know uh, the Mummy and all this shit and all that stuff kind of crossing over. That makes sense. That yeah. makes yeah. sense. Agreed. And they kind of did that in the back in the old days, also. You know, they went yeah. to that well a bunch. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so I think that kind of stuff works. It's like when you're trying to take like army of uh when you try to like mix like that shitty evil dead movie which is supposed to be like the grittier evil dead and they stripped it of all the charming humor from the bruce campbell films and then try Mm -hmm. to mix it with that bruce campbell element what the fuck dude (laughs) (laughs) they don't know what the fuck they're doing No. Well, I just would hope that Sam Raimi would be like no guys even though they fucking backed it up and he produced it Right. Yeah. <sighs> it's, a, uh, it's, yeah. I think the results are pretty much out there for what people really felt about it. So I'm sure he's seen some of that. Yeah, I'm sure everybody involved did. And that's why those guys are like, we're distancing ourselves from that. Honestly, We've walked away from it. I think there were people that liked it. I, not people like us, but I think there no, were. I mean, no. it made $52 million on a $17 million budget. I think yeah. there were kids out there that watched it that didn't watch the originals and were like, oh, this is good. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kind of like the new Carrie. <clears throat> well, that did not do too good. <laughs> no, yeah, I guess that one didn't. It didn't. Maybe people learned their lessons. <laughs> kind of a piss poor Halloween in general for good horror, right? Yeah, it really was. Where yeah. was anything? 
I don't know. The whole horror franchise has kind of taken a shit over the years, so well, I, I would like a, to see it come back in a really strong way. It's, but. it's taken a shit, but they're making tons of these fucking horror movies because they're cheap to make and they make money. Yeah, that's yeah. You know, that's what we saw. Like, I remember when Saw first started coming out, and then it was like Saw Twelve, and you're just like, when are these going to stop? Yeah, why are these coming out at Christmas time? Well, you that, know? that first Saw movie was fantastic. I didn't. See, I didn't see any of them yet. I You've just, never yeah. seen the first Saw movie. No, it's good. It's the only good one. It I just the have only... trouble with all that torture shit. You know. Oh god, I that could... that first Saw movie was fantastic. I'll check it out. I mean, if you guys like it. I, I don't like the torture stuff either, Jay, but the, the first Saw movie is actually a movie. More it's, psychological. It, yes, it's not till after it yeah. that it becomes, let's do the most extreme thing. Let's do one thing better than the last one. It it's They don't really show the torture too much. It's almost filmed like a MTV video a oh, little bit cool. with real heavy cutting and stuff. And it's got a great ending. The first movie's good. If you never watch any of the rest of them, then it's like a good movie. Cool. cool. Even the second one with Donnie Wahlberg, I, I could I could handle it. But once they hit part three and it just became torture porn, I was just like, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah, I can't stand this shit. I but I'll check it. that out. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, that makes sense. Is that it's just so cheap and they just can just pump them out, shit them out, and people will go see them. Yeah, you're going to see a big trend of this, guys. You're going to see a lot of these cheaply made horror movies because they make money. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, maybe things like Hell Hellraiser can change that. Hopefully, maybe they can have some substance and style. You know. Well, yeah, it's it's promising because they got Clive Barker coming back, and then they've got uh, D- you know Doug Bradley coming back. That's promising. I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah, for sure. So, um, Fandango, I'm going to talk a little bit about some Marvel news here. Uh, Fandango, they talked with Miles Teller at the Savannah Film Festival, and they asked him about those Fantastic Four rumors that we talked about in a previous episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, there were rumors that Fox was looking for him to play Reed Richards. Now, yeah. uh, Miles spoke to Fandango. He had this to say. Uh, you know, I don't know. If that happens, if everything works out, then I will be pretty pumped. But then I'll also be working for, it's like seven months out of the year, which is not a bad problem. <laughs> um, guys, I watched Miles Teller in The Spectacular Now earlier this year, and I had a review on a past episode about the movie. Right. I gave that movie a Tupperware. He is a fantastic actor. Now, the only problem is that he's 26 years old. Oh, yeah, that's kind of young for Mr. Fantastic. Well, in the comics, he's always been older, uh, an older character, unless they go the route of the Marvel Ultimate line of comics. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Mark Millar is now the consultant for Fox Studios on the uh, Marvel movies, and he was responsible for the Fantastic Four in the Ultimate Universe where the four kids, uh, where they are four kids, and they are members of a think tank, and they're not a long-established older group of superheroes. Yeah, you're correct. He co-wrote that with Bendis. Okay. So, I mean, they could go the ultimate line of comics, but that really seems silly to me with the ultimate line possibly being uh, something of the past with, you know, the cataclysm event that's going on in Marvel Comics right now, which could do away with the ultimate universe altogether. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like a fresh, young, young Reed, a super genius kid. That that doesn't really bother me. I kind of like it. It doesn't bother me when they have Miles Teller in the running. Yeah, and and it would make more sense because like a lot of his villains are like or his arch nemesis, like Doctor Doom. They're usually portrayed as like older than him a little bit. I think that would play to the whole element of that too, like just age versus youth, and still a battle of the of the minds, you know. 
What are we looking at the problem with uh, Iron Man right now? We're looking at Robert Downey Jr. He's 55, and he's like, I'm getting too old for this shit. He's got the, uh, what is it, the Murtaugh fucking thing, you know, from Lethal Weapon, where he's getting too old for this shit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, you know, it's like now, Miles Teller's 26. If if they pay him well enough, and if he yeah, likes to keep him around, keep him around for ten years doing these uh, you know Fantastic Four movies, uh, he could grow into the role. And I'm telling you, dude, Miles Teller's no fucking joke. Watch the Spectacular now when that comes out. Watch that movie. I'm not kidding you. That kid, he's I'm writing got, it down. That kid can act, and uh, yeah, and uh, he, he's fantastic. Uh, he's the one that I said, you know, if they ever did reboot, um, you know, uh, Ghostbusters, I could see him playing Bankman. He, he reminds me of Bill Murray. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to check that out for sure. Yeah. It's called the spectacular. Now it's a fantastic movie. And I watched it at the indie theater here in town. But, uh, yeah, if, if, if they tell me that miles, you know, if, if I read that miles Teller has been cast as, uh, as Reed Richards, I'll be elated. And, and if I read that, you know, we have our first African-American Johnny Storm as Michael B. Jordan, I'm all for it. That kid can act, too. And I, I was a big fan of his work in uh, Friday Night Lights during the uh, fourth and fifth season. Kid's fantastic. He was also on The Wire. He was in Red Tails. Uh, you know, he's being offered uh, possibly roles in Star Wars and, and uh, also in Independence Day 2. He's a hot actor. And he was in Trank's previous movie, too, right? He was in Chronicle, uh, yes. He was incredible, yeah. and he was fantastic. Yeah, uh, yeah, we didn't even talk about Josh Trank. Josh Trank is the director, and this movie's going to be produced by Matthew Vaughn. Wow, that's good. Dream news. team. Dream team. And, and then you've got Mark Millar consulting. So I have a lot of faith in this. Hopefully we'll hear that there's going to be, like you said in a previous episode, Jake, that there's going to be a CGI thing in this movie. Mm, definitely. Fucking Has to be. Right. And then, you know uh, – they are also talking about Sarah Sronin. Uh, you're a fan of hers, Jay, as being yes. uh, Sue Storm, a young Sue Storm. Yeah, there's so much depth with her as an actress, and, and same with Michael B. Jordan. You, I think I always thought like Johnny Storm was kind of a weak character, you know? Like they have to kill him off every now and then to get people to care about the Human Torch, and uh, mm-hmm. it, rather than just being this pretty boy kind of smart aleck, I think this will bring more. Uh, to the character, more depth to the character. Same with Cerise Ronan, definitely. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, I'm sick of people saying, uh, oh, you know, well, you know, the original Johnny Storm was white, and we have to have a white Johnny Storm. It's like, well, you know what? We have a black Nick Fury now, and nobody cares. Yeah, and it was a great move. <laughs> I think a lot of people think Nick Fury was always black at this point. Yeah, it's been a lot of people do. Right. But yeah, yeah who gives a shit? Who gives a shit as long as they pick the best actor for the role? Now, if there's somebody better out there than Michael B. Jordan, fair right. enough. Pick him. But I think Michael B. Jordan, uh, it, I would not be upset if they pick him at all. Dude kicks ass. Yeah, he's a great actor. He's he's proven a lot in a very short period of time. And I think this is the perfect outlet for his acting career to kind of flourish, you know? Right, right. Um I don't know. Did you guys have any other things that you wanted to say about a Fantastic Four movie? What you want to see in a Fantastic Four movie? I know we talked about Doom. Yeah, I want to see Doom done right. Yeah, 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 agreed. Agreed. Even Stan Lee himself said Doctor Doom is not done proper in that Fantastic Four movie. 
No, and I don't see why it's so hard. <laughs> it got a little bit better in the second one where he was trying to, you know, take Silver Surfer's powers for himself. Yeah, yeah. But it's right. still, it was... Well, the origin story didn't work for me. Yeah, no. And they Get need, him off the ship. And they need to make him this powerful, powerful uh, force in Latveria. You know what yeah. I mean? So, I don't know. I... I just didn't like those first movies at all. They were too campy, and the makeup and the costumes were silly. And yeah, and they spent they spent a lot of time telling people, "Oh, Doom's going to be done right in the second film." Like, nah, not really. <laughs> but in the meantime, Galactus will be a cloud. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, I hated that. That was awful. That was absolutely awful. Oh no! I would love to see Galactus done though, but I don't see why they can't do it these days. Well, I think Galactus would have been done right had uh, – okay, there was – okay. All right. So Fox wanted to do a Daredevil movie mm-hmm. and they were like, okay, we're, we want to do a Daredevil movie. We want to have Joe Carnahan direct it. Joe Carnahan did a sizzle reel, presented it to Fox. Fox said, yeah, we like it. They couldn't mm-hmm. get the filming started. So the character of Daredevil was going to revert back to Marvel Studios. Fox was going to lose them. But Fox said, okay, uh, Marvel Studios said, okay, hey, you want to keep Daredevil? That's fine. What we want from you, we'll let you keep him if you give us two characters. We'll take Galactus and Silver Surfer. We'll let you keep Daredevil. Right. And of course, you know, Fox Studios is like, well, Galactus and Silver Surfer are kind of important if we're going to do this Josh Trank, you know, uh, Fantastic Four movie, we might want to use them. But, right. you know, with the way that Marvel Studios was going with all their cosmic shit, that would have fit in way better. Dude, can you imagine fucking Marvel Studios using Silver Surfer and Galactus? How amazing it would be? Oh, I hope it still happens. Be perfect with Thanos, yeah. Yeah, exactly, with them going cosmic. Yep. So, yeah. Oh, damn it. Well, yeah, we won't see that for a while, if at all, unfortunately. What's all the noise in the background over there? Is fucking Jigsaw... Is is Jigsaw... Has he got a contraption going on over there? Is he going to, like, cut off somebody's dick with something? He's he's trying to wheel over here. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of obstacles I purposely set. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's dead now it's cool <laughs> yeah all right um so uh, where were we last week we rated the captain america winter soldier trailer yes and uh we got an email from super listener and former contest winner mark perillo and i'd like yeah, to read mark. i'd like to read parts of it for you guys i love mark okay oh this is great um, <laughs> he, he he writes i just paused the podcast right before you guys rated the captain america trailer Fair warning, if you guys didn't Tupperware it, I'm boycotting the rest of the show this week. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that was the end of that message. Then he sent me another message. Hope you guys don't piss all over Cap America. Sorry for the grammar. I've been drinking since three. (laughs) Jesus. Jesus, Mark. Okay. So so then I assume he listened to our review of the Captain America 2 trailer, uh, of our Captain America 2 uh, review, what we thought about it. And he came back and he said, your Tupperware on the Captain America trailer has reassured me you guys are great. 
Sounds just like me and my buddies when we hang out. You guys are great. Love the entertainment every week. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. <laughs> keep awesome. it up. Keep it up. I would have respected your opinions on the trailer anyways, but it's just great. <laughs> it's just great to know you guys like it as much as I did. And I just want to say, Mark, you fucking rock, man. And uh, I want to thank you for sending us cool messages and helping uh, us stay uh, in line. So I appreciate that. And also I want to give a quick shout out to dan murphy and then also greg step you guys rock as well and i want to talk to aaron claude miller here for a second and austin davies who both corrected me from last week that there have been a couple of found footage zombie movies already made so thanks a lot oh, guys okay. you guys are awesome i love talking to you guys all the time so uh keep sending us cool messages on facebook or uh you can send us email at uh comments at popcultureleftovers.com too if you have anything you want to share with us um, as a side note, if you're wanting to catch Thor, The Dark World in 3D, you will be treated to a five-minute preview of Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Nice. Oh, yes. Man, all the more reason to go see it. Well, I, I had a question for Jake. You're, you're being our resident Marvel fanboy, Jake, does this mean that you are going to be seeing Thor, The Dark World in 3D? Because I hear, honestly, I hear you don't have to see it. Like the the people that I've talked to that have seen it, um, they say you don't have to see it in 3D. Oh man, that's that's hard. I I probably will see it in 3D to see the cap thing, unless I can somehow finagle my way into another theater just for the cap thing. <laughs> that's a lot of work. <laughs> just go see the 3D. Right. <laughs> All right. So just like we did last week with the Cap Two trailer, uh, I wanted this week uh, to review the new X Men: Days of Future Past trailer since that was released on the internet on October 29th, and we are going to do that after we take a quick break. Cool. Sounds good. All right. Hey, we're back. Uh, we're going to talk about the X-Men Days of Future Past trailer that was dropped on October 29th. And uh, I don't know. Um, let's rate it. Uh, if, you, if you're new to the show, and we, we have been giving ratings this whole episode, but if you're new to the show and you've never heard our rating system, I want you to be aware of that. So let me play that real quick. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. So, I mean, we all watched this Days of Future Past trailer, I'm assuming. This yes. Week. Yes. Okay. Um, who wants to go first to give the rating of this? I'll go ahead and go. Okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give it a, a – well, let me talk about it first. Sure, um, please. It, it definitely uh, was the coolest thing I've seen from X-Men in a long time as far as the full trailer, if I'm comparing it to like, you know, even the last X-Men movie. There was some cool stuff in it that I liked. Um, but overall, uh, you know, there was a lot of just Brian Singer – influence of course because he's doing the movie so we're we're introduced uh some characters like bishop for instance um i don't know who the kabuki looking girl was blink 
Was that Blink? Okay, Blink okay. Blink was the one with the eye, the white face. In the okay, face. yeah. So we're introduced to some of these characters, and they look like your typical badly designed Brian Singer characters. Bishop was totally unappealing. You know, nothing. I didn't. I wasn't like clapping or like, oh, cool. And I love Bishop. Bishop's up there. Oh yeah. You know, as far as one of my favorite X Men characters. So you see him for a brief moment, and I kind of feel like that's how it's actually going to be in the movie. Um, but they tried to, you know, kind of put a lot into this about the the time travel. Um, so you, you see different stages of a lot of the characters, you know, from X-Men and I don't know. I mean, nothing really, um, made me jump for joy or get excited about this. Cause it just reminds me of everything else he's done, which isn't a lot, um, as Brian Singer and, um, you know, even like there's there's a scene with like Wolverine in it, and it's just so like eh, you know they they try and make it look like here's here's Wolverine for you people, and it was just kind of fell flat for me. So the the whole trailer in general, I gave it a toss it. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and give it a taste it. I I thought it was a it was an okay trailer. It, it didn't look like it was gonna be the greatest movie ever, but I'm not ready to just hate the shit out of this movie just yet. I mean, I. I got excited seeing the two Professor X's and just, I, I just want to see this movie. I want to see how horrible it is or see how mediocre it is or hopefully see how good it is. So I can't help but still be a little excited about it. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a taste. It. Jake's excited for mediocrity. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy talk. I like, there's so many good people in this movie, though. It's hard to hate. You know, it's Peter Dinklage, Patrick Stewart, James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, oh. Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence. It's a clusterfuck. Jennifer oh. Lo- That's what I feel. Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> All the Jennifers we know. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. It's a quirky little thing he put in there, and I like it. <laughs> I didn't expect you to like this, Jake, honestly. I didn't Tupperware this shit. I, I know, I know. Yeah. But to even taste it, I, I really didn't, so I'm surprised. What uh, are your thoughts, Brian? <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm Brian. Am I supposed to rate this thing now? You have to rate it now, yeah. All right. Um, let's see here. Where where am I going to go? Um, <laughs> all right. Right now, I'm just going to give it a taste. It honestly, I, I don't think that uh, I don't think they've given us much to go by at all. Um, not much to rate it on. Um, just teases and, and dramatic music that makes everything feel more epic than it really is. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so I don't think Singer has given us anything to really even go on. The costumes look like shit, in my opinion. I kind of go. I kind of agree with Jay. Uh, it wasn't like, oh shit, there's fucking Bishop, yo, holy crap, dude. <laughs> Singers always fucked those up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the scenes that do have me intrigued are the ones like with you know James McAvoy and uh, Michael Fassbender together, and uh, as well as uh, Stuart and McKellen. Um, uh, I have seen pictures of the new, uh, not in the trailer, but I have seen pictures of the new uh, Magneto costume that Fassbender wears, and it looks pretty fucking awesome. I will admit I it. Agree. Um, you saw it too, Jake? Yeah, I've seen that shit. Yeah. I think that this trailer was just about playing epic music to get you invested. Um, the music is pretty fucking epic and it really does get you pumped for the movie. Um, (laughs) epic music can sell anything. Um, I'm going to, at the end of the show, I'm going to play, um, I'm going to play the clip from the movie and then I'm also going (laughs) to, I'm also going to play, um, an epic music clip that I have constructed myself. 
Um, <laughs> epic music can sell anything, and that's what I'm going to pr- prove at the end of this show. <laughs> Brian played it for me and Jane. It is truly epic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to play it at the end of the show. After the music, at the end of the show, stick around. I'll play the original trailer music from the movie, and then I'll play some uh, you know, epic music that I can put together myself. But um, I want to go – Can I say one more thing about the X-Men thing? Sure, absolutely. Um, Noticeably absent, I thought, were the uh, handblower Sentinels. Sentinels, yeah. Ryan Drost, too. Um, Ryan Drost mentioned that as well. Uh, Ryan from the Chuck and and Ryan of the Star Joe's podcast, he mentioned that as well. Gotcha. Um, I was wondering maybe since it was the backlash was so strong that they're redesigning them, and that's why we're not seeing them now. That's that's an interesting thought. I, I thought that maybe they hadn't even gotten that far yet. Yeah, I was thinking maybe we're, the hand dryer sentinel may never see the light of day now, and they heard enough flack from it that they're fixing that up. Yeah, I was not a big fan of the old hand dryer sentinel. <laughs> yeah, I like it when my hands are wet. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, uh, let's go over what our listeners thought. On Facebook, I, I did ask our listeners uh, to give their thoughts on it and they did respond bj Boyles says i have a strange feeling that the movie may actually be not bad uh, hmm. jeff lebaron uh he's he's always vocal on our page he says there's people in this movie <laughs> <laughs> that's a good uh, yeah <laughs> lots of them good observation I, I i love jeff's sense of humor and it's very welcome <laughs> it's very welcome and refreshing on our page so thank you jeff yeah. Uh, Dan Murphy, I had to watch it several times. It is a lot like a Singer movie. Depth and emotion and characters. I was hoping it would be more like the Captain America trailer that made me say, holy shit. However, after watching the Days of Future Past trailer about ten times, I am still excited for the movie. I would Tupperware it because the X-Men is one of the best comic franchises ever. And this movie will decide the future of the movies from this point on. I think the next trailer will have more action in Sentinels. I hope this movie is more X-Men First Class and less X3 or X-Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> I think we can all agree to that. Um, I, and I think Dan is 100% right in saying that I think that this movie will decide the future of the X-Men movies from this point on. So I agree 100% with Dan. Yeah, good or bad. Yeah. Um, Aaron Menifee. What the fuck was that shit fest of a trailer? Look like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Look look like X three point five. All I'm oh. saying all I'm all for staying true to the comics in the sense that continuity has never mattered in the X Men universe. But does that mean that Singer has to get a bunch of mutants together that rape my eyes, ears, and sense of hope simultaneously? <laughs> Fuck this piece of fucking garbage. <laughs> fucking shit, man. Who the fuck thought that this was okay to leash on the fucking populace? Fuck these fucking asshole producers. Fuck. I mean, I'm going to still watch it, of course, but fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I love Aaron. Me and Aaron were talking about some NBA basketball earlier in the week. Aaron, I hope you stay one of our listeners forever, dude. You fucking rock. That was hilarious. That was hilarious. <laughs> Jeff Dylan Hensley says, I was, uh, I was expecting crap, so after I watched it three times, I decided I'm excited to see it. 
Tupperware the preview, but I'm thinking that it could easily go haywire with their efforts to make all the storylines work together. This got me so excited for the full-length movie, though. So it's working for him. Um, you know, but he is right on the other hand, but it could easily, very easily go haywire with all their efforts to make the storylines work together. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's a lot of this movie is like, is it going to be too difficult for your average moviegoer to understand? I, I think honestly, this movie is just about fixing continuity issues or making sense of the continuity, continuity issues from the other movies. Or making brand new continuity issues. No yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, Gus Hoontight says, still going to see the movie, but the trailer doesn't give me the holy shit moment. Nothing no. nothing to make me say, oh, hell yeah, I'm going, what day does it release? But I'm a sucker for comic book movies, and I will still go. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm, I, I think I can you know, second that sentiment, even though I wasn't excited by the trailer. I'm yeah. not going to base everything on that. Yeah, I, I, you know, honestly, I think I agree mostly with Gus at this yeah. point. Uh, Dan Seipel says it makes House Party 4 look like Terminator 2. <laughs> Oh, get, get off it. <laughs> That's a strategy. Yeah. Get off it. <laughs> Ryan Drost of uh, Star Joe's podcast. He says, I like it overall. Love seeing some of the new mutant characters that they are using. Wolverine has obviously taken the Kitty Pride role in the story. My one complaint is where are the Sentinels? They really promoted them before, but not even a glimpse of one in the trailer. I mean, yeah, he's absolutely right. You know, first off, he's right. You know that Wolverine has taken the Kitty Pride role, and I think what Brian Singer is saying is like he's the only one that can uh, physically handle the trip back in time. Right, um, and then also, yeah, where are the Sentinels? I mean, even if you go to the uh, what is it, the Trask Industries uh, webpage. Sentinels, 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 all over that viral website. I mean, but none in the trailer. I think it's another issue, and and what I saw from the trailer kind of you know mirrors this. But that just that Brian Singer's so bad with action, and I I saw more of that in the trailer, and I think maybe maybe there's some tweaking left to do with some of the Sentinel, you know, scenes, or like you said, maybe they haven't even filmed any of it yet. I don't know. Yeah. I I really think redesign is what's going on here. Yeah. But yeah, there was a lot of scenes that were supposed to be intense in this trailer and you could see singer all over it and it was just, you know, okay. Yeah. It's like, Oh, we're okay. We're so afraid. We're so afraid of this future. Why? Yeah. Why talk about the future? Yeah. You're not showing. You don't want that in the trailer though. Well, they, they they talk about it, but they don't show any of it, you know. At the end of the trailer, you could show Sentinels surrounding the mutants and that oh, fuck moment. Like, oh, Just my a quick God. scene. Just a yeah. quick scene. For sure. Like like when the Terminators are walking over skulls in Terminator. I okay, s- fine. We can just play more epic music and scare the shit out of people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. And Patrick Stewart talking is never going to be a bad thing, so let's put that in there. Right. <laughs> and show Wolverine kind of flexing his muscles. And he did He did scream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. A new one to add that's, to the collection. That's a new one to add. Uh, Michelle Pratt, she says, please, we need you to hope again. That quote in the trailer. Good quote. She said, gave me chills. I loved it. 
Yeah. yeah. That was a good part, for sure. Yeah. That goes back to Jay. I mean, Patrick Stewart, you can't go wrong with yeah. him delivering your dialogue. You no, <laughs> he's a trained actor. <laughs> Aaron Claude Miller says, toss it in the toilet and take a dump on it. <laughs> um, my favorite pop culture leftover quote ever. <laughs> uh, Austin Shadowin says, meh, it was okay. I give it a taste it. LOL. <laughs> I'll admit the hope line Michelle talked about was nice, but it lacks something for me. I'll watch it again and see what I can come up with. I am excited though. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> <I love that. laughs> shit, 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 shit. But yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't sound like it. And no. finally, our buddy from Twitter, Blaine McLean, he said, Okay, new X Men Days of Future Past trailer officially has my hopes up. Don't fail me, singer. Very surprised wow, by that, yeah. Blaine. I am. <laughs> Yeah, wouldn't Blaine yelling at us for drinking the singer Kool-Aid? Yeah, I think he just, was. Just ten episodes ago or so. I'm glad he's still alive, though. I'm glad we dude, heard from him. Dude, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm still glad Blaine's listening, dude. I was worried about him. There's been some listeners I think have fallen off. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was one of our first, and yeah, it's good to see him. Yeah. yeah, Ross Ort, where the fuck are you, dude? He's gone. Yeah, what the fuck, Ross? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, uh, Michael Cornish, I haven't heard from him in forever. No. So. You win some, you lose some, I guess. You take the good, you take the bad, take them both, and there you have the facts of life. (laughs) So true. God, it's still true. It's still true, even in this day and age. Um, So I guess we got, uh, what was it? We got to toss it and to taste it. So no Tupperwares on that from uh, from the leftover end. No. Mm-hmm. It did get me excited, though. More excited than I've been yet. I Honestly, yeah. dude, I think it's just that epic music. Yeah, maybe, maybe. That music has been used like three other times. You guys know that, right? Well, that's what they do with trailers. They yeah. don't have the finished score yet, so they just slap another. They do that a lot these days, oh, yeah. but... Watch it intently, at least. Repeat what you just said. It cut out quite a bit there, buddy. Oh, it just I was just saying that it made me watch intently. That was, I think, the only thing about that trailer was the theme song made me watch it intently, thinking, okay, this is building, this is building. Well, you know, yeah, what that, tra- okay, what, it's, what it said to me is that they are going to try and make an epic movie. And if they do not make this as epic as that music suggests then they have totally fucking lost me. Right. It'd be like hearing like Hans Zimmer's Batman Begins stuff and then Batman Begins being a total joke. Yeah. You can't you can't fuck it up with that kind of stuff going on in the trailer. Yeah, I agree, dude. Well, they did kind of fucking lose me when they showed Storm. Yeah, another weak Storm moment. Yeah. Every time it's like, "Hi, I'm Storm." Okay. Right. <laughs> Yeah, this forecast includes a stupid scene by Halle Berry. Hello. She's going to look backwards intently while a storm is brewing. (laughs) Oh, shit. With her fourth new haircut. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, this time it's short. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Um, Yeah, don't care. Let's move on. More Marvel news real quick. Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige, he's back at it again. He's talking to the press. He can't shut the fuck up. 
Um, this week in an interview with Hey You Guys, he was asked about the possibility of them doing a more mature non-network TV show now that they have the characters of Daredevil and the Punisher back in the fold, to which he said, The Punisher movies that have been made were both very hard R's and were in some places unbelievably gory to comedic effect. But I yeah. do- but I do think that's what ex- that's what's exciting about having all these avenues is that you can explore all the aspect of these characters. In the comics, some of these characters are very, very dark. And while Marvel Studios haven't done that necessarily, some of the Marvel movies, the Blade films and the Punisher films, you look at The Walking Dead on AMC, that would be a hard R if that was a movie. So television yeah. does sometimes allow you you to explore other aspects. Hmm. So what do you think that means? I mean, you know, yeah, like you said, they've got Daredevil, they got Punisher. I mean, it seems to me like Punisher's more fitting for TV. Like if he's talking about um, kind of queuing off of Walking Dead. I mean, if you want an ultra serious television series, I think you go with Punisher. Plus, I think you save Daredevil maybe for the movies. I'd like to see just a Marvel street level show that's not necessarily centered around a character. You know, maybe call it Hell's Kitchen and have. Say that again. Yeah, you cut out that Hell's Kitchen. Uh I cut out. Did it cut out again? Yeah, you're fine. You're, you're, you're okay. Yeah, I'd like to see like a Marvel street level show. Call it Hell's Kitchen and have Daredevil and Punisher in it, and other street level, you know, Marvel characters. Yeah, throw, I, like Marvel Knights or something. Yeah, throw the hand in, throw Kingpin in. You know, just a just a Marvel street level show. You could do all kinds of different stuff with that. That'd be really neat. I personally would like to see a Heroes for Hire. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah that's yeah. along the same lines too. That'd be great. Every, that's a good point. It kind of be like the A team every week. You know, it's like every week they bring hired by somebody to come in there and stop these criminals in the area. You know, you've got Luke Cage and Iron Fist and Heroes for Hire. It'd be a fun one shot episode every week. Oh, man, that's a great comic that they seem to never be able to do more than twelve issues of lately. You know? I know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you you can't. I I don't think you can pick a two better like Iron Fist and Luke Cage as in the Heroes for Hire as a better television outlet. I think that's perfect for TV because there's just so much more going on. And if you threw it into a movie, it'd be kind of silly, I think. But if you did a television series that's kind of gritty and street level with those characters, I think it'd be really cool and compelling to want to watch. I think I'd rather watch that than Shield. Not that I don't like Shield, but I'd rather see that. Can I talk about Shield real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Watch the second episode. Can I? Uh, okay, how do I say this, guys? I don't know. How do I say this? Um, I was really excited for Shield, and I think honestly, I think that first episode, um, because I love Joss Whedon so much, and because I love the fact that you know now there's a Marvel TV show, I think that kind of influenced my Tupperware. Um, if I could go back right now, I think I'd give that show a toss it. Wow. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. The second episode, you said you saw that. Yeah, I did watch the second just, episode. Just didn't live up to what you wanted out of a second episode? or It is not good. I mean, guys, we are talking about a S.H.I.E.L.D. team that's supposed to be at the top of their game. Am I right? 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're a specialized unit in S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. This seems like a band of misfits. This seems like the fucking, this is like the bad news bears of the S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, universe, if you ask me. I mean, oh, man. these guys are supposed to be the best at what they do. Um, and they are not that good as a team together. I mean, I understand that Agent Coulson is supposed to find the best of the best of the best and bring them together, and they're supposed to come together and be this great team. But as of right now, these guys are just not working well together. And honestly, the stories are not working well. I mean, I'm just not... I find myself kind of like, you ever watch a show, and then like you're watching it, it's on, and then all of a sudden you find yourself on your smartphone doing something else? Yeah, yes. all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what happens to me when I watch this show. Damn, it is not that good. And I mean, do you do you think that will change with? Um, I mean, there was news this week that they were going to tie th- the end of Thor into this. Do you think yeah. that will change it all? Or? We're going to talk about that now. See what happened is like they filmed like five or six episodes before they could actually get crowd reactions to this show. And I think they can start to tweak things and fix things now that they know that people aren't really liking it as much as they would like to like it. Um, And so they can tweak things now. But, um, you know, honestly, that first episode, I wanted to like it so much. And I think, honestly, I gave it a Tupperware because it was Joss Whedon and I was excited to see a Marvel thing. But I did have to watch it a couple times because I would like kind of like drift off and things like that. And even in the second episode, I watched it and I was trying to focus on that show. And there were things I just did not like about that second episode. Um, the, these are supposed to be agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And they're like the bad news bears. They're fuck-ups, dude. And uh, I mean... I don't know. I just, I would like to see this show. Like, I think after we watch, like, Captain America, you know, with real S.H.I.E.L.D. agents doing their jobs correctly, when we come back and see this, like, misfit group of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents and that we're seeing in the, uh, um, the S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show, I don't know if, I don't know. It just doesn't fit. It's just weird. Yeah, I, I mean, it seems like it needs that extra oomph, and I guess it's kind of good news that these these first five were, but uh, you know that these first couple were filmed before. I think is a good sign, at least that you know maybe with the movies tying in, it'll it'll you know bring more credence to this team and what they're about. Maybe we'll understand it more. You know, I don't know. How long of a break is Shield taking after the first five episodes? Do you know? Not sure if they're taking. I don't know. I don't know if they're taking a break um, after the first five. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, I just know that like they had already had five, six episodes filmed uh, before they could actually get crowd reactions to um, you know, yeah. the episodes. So, so that way they could tweak and make changes to future scripts. Um, you know. The, let's see here now. Um, Moving on, I did want to talk about the playlist asked if the consequences of Phase 2 movies, specifically Thor, The Dark World, would have ramifications on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show. Um, Well, Jeff Loeb, who runs the TV division for Marvel, is in charge of that show and is doing a great job of overseeing that show. And the studio's involvement in that is limited to them going, hey, we're thinking of doing something like this. Is that okay? 
and we'll go for yay or nay. But I'll say that it's a smart question, and it'll probably happen sooner than you realize. I think that it's part of the fun they're having with that show is that it inhabits the same universe. So if there's a big event, there will be ripples. Cool. That's a good sign. That is a good sign. Uh, now, Fe- Feige also mentioned a bleeding cool. They've purposely avoided traditional secret identity films in the past, but now have an idea for one. He said, they're, they're, the one we haven't done in the Marvel Cinema Universe is the secret identity thing. I thought that had been overplayed for a long time, which is why we had Tony Stark out himself at the end of the first movie. We were sort of announcing to the audience that we're not going to play that game. I think there is a new spin on that idea, and I think we will get to it at some point. We have an idea. As a matter of fact, I was just talking about it the other day with one of our filmmakers. The fun thing about the job, though, is that the idea I was talking about with the filmmaker might not happen for four or five years because it may or may not be the appropriate for a first may or may not be appropriate for a first movie. Hmm. So I don't hmm. know which character they're talking about. Interesting. Yeah, who would that be? Well, I mean, guys, I don't think anyone is more vulnerable than Daredevil. As far as a secret identity goes, he's the guy that's always keeping it close to his chest, you know, kind of like Bruce Wayne's Batman. But here you got a blind guy with, you know, some kind of, you know, radioactive powers from it. But again, he's just kind of the guy that doesn't need he's got he's got his own life outside of Daredevil, which they show a lot, too. I mean, you could you could also argue maybe Hawkeye, but I don't know. You know, that's the thing. It's like I think if they do make a Daredevil, if they bring back Daredevil, it'd be better as a TV show because, like, you, he does have this outside life. He's a lawyer, and you, yeah. could, you could have him taking on cases. And I don't really want to see him taking on cases in a movie. But no. it, would be, <laughs> it would be cool to see him taking on cases in a TV show. Yeah, and there you go with Hell's Kitchen and Kingpin. You got the whole spiel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I be think great, great Jake, fodder for a television series. Yeah, Jake is definitely onto something with the Hell's Kitchen TV show. Kind of like Gotham, they could just call it Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, let's see here. We did talk a little bit about this. Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will have its first film crossover with Thor, The Dark World. Now, the episode titled The Well... It's hmm. directed by Jonathan Frakes. We all know he played William Riker on Star Trek The Next Generation. Awesome. It will premiere on November 19th. Uh, the synopsis for the episode from Entertainment Weekly is, In the aftermath of the events chronicled in the feature film Marvel's Thor The Dark World, Coulson and the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. pick up the pieces, one of which threatens to destroy a member of the team. Hmm. That sounds pretty cool. I mean, yeah, I mean, that sounds like uh, a good thing, you know, that they're going to tie this in. I I think that's not too bad. I I think we'll, you know, just like Arrow and like Smallville, these series don't even rely on, you know, crossover events, and they got better over the years. So we could see that with S.H.I.E.L.D. too, especially with movies tying into it and that'll be interesting i want to see what the pieces are that they're picking up from thor yeah yeah i agree um 
there needs to be repercussions after these movies if they're going to do this agent TV, uh, this Agents of Shield TV show. Yeah, and you know if you're gonna if you're gonna do stuff like Flash and stuff, and you know DC's going that road, I don't see why it can't get more intense and more epic in scale. And I think I think Whedon even said that when he talked about the beginnings of the show that it was eventually going to get more epic. Yeah, and you know I don't want to just see repercussions. I'd like to see some lead-ins to some of these Marvel movies too. That would be cool as well. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't want the stories of these movies to be dependent upon. A fucking ABC television show. No, it could be just like the comic books, though, where it's, you don't need that other story. It just enhances the overall story, you know? Right, not necessary, but yeah, it definitely adds to it. Yeah, I think the S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show needs it because, honestly, it's... I'm not, like, dying to watch the third episode at this point. I was not... I'm not impressed. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. Yeah, that's very disheartening that you're not digging it. Um... You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. I've got the other episodes on DVR, but it's just like I, you know, and I'm gonna watch it because like it it is gonna tie in with Thor, and I I want to know more. But uh, I'm not connecting with these characters. Um, you know, Fitz and Simmons they kind of annoy the shit out of me. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's just like they've got to have beautiful cast members like all these people are good looking uh, you know Agent Coulson is more like the comic relief and he was not like that in the movies he was more like uh, you know uh, Friday in Dragnet you know more of the uh, just the facts ma'am and now he's like I'm Agent Coulson I'm wacky and funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah he was funny in the movies but he was also very stoic and yeah. he took him seriously yeah yeah and it's t- it's not like that in this he's he's uh he's the comic relief in the show and it, it's it's really weird it, it it it's not the Coulson that I know from the films yeah, it just sounds like writers taking advantage of it or taking liberties with the character. And you don't expect that out of a Whedon project. You expect to love all the characters. And, yeah, it seems like, I mean, even for me, after watching the first episode, I wasn't hooked or anything. I was just interested, you know. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I- I'm going to move on. I don't want to shit too much on it because this it might turn around. It might not. We'll see. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Michael Fassbender, he spoke to Yahoo Movies about the future of the Prometheus sequel. Uh, he said, you know, it takes time, he said. I, I don't want to rush, I don't want them to rush it. I mean, the reason that Pixar movies are so amazing is because they spend years throwing it out the window, rejiggering it, coming up with an idea, breaking it down, starting again. So to make it correctly, I think it's actually very encouraging because a lot of times they're like, we made some money. Let's just jump back on this. Uh, just let's, yeah, let's just jump back, jump on the back of this. We want to make more money again as soon as possible. It's nice to actually have a little time, a bit of time to develop it. So it, it sounds like it's an issue of the right time as well as finding the right story. So it's not like they're just trying to say, okay, yeah, Prometheus, that came out in 2012, and that was another one of those surprise movies that kind of like everybody was like, wow, shit, that was one of those movies like you left that movie thinking, it left you thinking. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. You know, and it's one of those movies like uh, you just sit there in the car uh, after you got out of the movie 
and sat there in the parking lot and just talked about it before you actually left the theater. That's how I felt about that movie. Um, you know, don't I don't know. I loved Prometheus. I don't know what you guys thought about it. Um, oh yeah, it's a Tupperware all the way for me. I I couldn't stop talking about what did he whisper to that alien that did all that and just all the different questions that it raised. You know, but you know, it did have its faults. Oh yeah, it it had some some characters that kind of made a lot of dumb decisions for being sure. very smart science. I cut out, didn't I? Yeah, yeah I mean, okay. I, I think it. Repeat what you said, Jake. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was, I was going to say it had some, you know, dumb character faults. You know, for really smart scientists, they sure did a lot of really stupid things. Yeah, I, th- I think it was trying. I think it was trying too much to incorporate some of the Aliens Two stuff and some of the mm-hmm. stuff we've seen before, rather than sticking with the core story and and the behind, just the all the stuff you thought about that they didn't explain. If it was just kind of all about that. Without so much in your face, you know, CG stuff or, you know, people getting in, you know, infected with this alien, you know, if they had left some of that out, I think it would have been even better. But I overall, I liked it and it's enough for me to want to see a second one made. And I'm pretty glad that they're taking time to, you know, do it right. So I remember the first time I saw Alien and I remember the first time they showed that engineer sitting in that seat dead. And uh, I thought to myself. Mm-hmm. Wow, what's that all about? How did that guy get there? He's huge. Yeah. How did that story happen? And I thought that this movie was supposed to fill in the gaps and answer those questions from the first Alien movie. So when they arrived to the planet in Prometheus, I just assumed that it was LV-426, the same planet in Alien. Right. Okay. We all remember Alien when they board that ship, you know, and then we saw the engineer. But when you watch Prometheus, they did not land in LV-426. They landed on LV-223. So I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. What the and Ridley fuck? Scott, Ridley Scott has said since then that he still knows how that engineer got there. And that's a story still yet to be told. Thank so. God, hmm. because that's the story that I want to see. Uh, and like you said, Jake, you know, some of the characters in there, how they reacted. You know, we had the biologist that he was scared of the dead alien engineers. But then when later on when he was faced with that alien cobra thing, he he, oh, yeah. he wants to pet it and fucking like uh, – <laughs> Let's poke it with a stick and see if yeah. it gets mad. But he's scared of a dead fucking alien engineer and he doesn't want to – you know, he doesn't want to take samples of that and explore that. And I'm like, come on. And then even the fucking uh, – was it the geologist? He acted like he was a fucking mercenary at the beginning and he's like he studies rocks? <laughs> I thought um another thing is I thought Charlize Theron's death sequence played Horrible. played a little bit like a Wile E. Coyote cartoon. No it was like shit. why not just run to the left? Run to why the left. Why even in the movie? Yeah. Run to the left or run to the right? <laughs> Don't shit. run straight into it. <laughs> I was waiting for her to hold up a sign that said "Yikes!" right before <laughs> right before the thing hit her. Did Idris Elba fuck her so hard the night before she forgot all sense of direction? Yeah, that whole part too. Yeah, even that. It's like, why is that in there? Oh, he wants to fuck her. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> nudge, nudge, guys. <laughs> but it did have a lot of interesting questions. Sure, and that's, it did. That's what I liked about. No, oh, I love Prometheus. I'm not trying to take anything away from it. It's a great movie. It's one of those movies that, after me and my girlfriend saw it in the theater, all we could do was talk about it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for weeks. Yeah, I've seen it a few times 
since. Yeah. Dude, I think it still holds up. It's always fun to watch. Oh, yeah. It does. I'm just hoping that when they do come with uh, Prometheus 2 that it does answer a lot of these questions. I didn't really care for Ripley number 2, the chick. No. Uh-uh. She's a great actress, don't get me wrong, but it's like we don't need to recreate Ripley. You can't. Yeah, no, she didn't. She didn't carry the same weight at all. I thought. No. Um, hey guys, we got a really cool. This is we're gonna end the show here real quick. I promise. Uh, Kenneth Tagger sent us an email um, the other day, and uh, I read it, and uh, I was very surprised. And I'm glad you sent us an email, Kenneth. Uh, he's very active on our Facebook. Um, he said, "I don't know if you guys covered this." Because your show is packed with content. Thank you. I try, and we all try to pack it with content, Kenneth. So thank you. He said, but Sensate sounds awesome. And I had not heard of Sensate. Have you guys heard about this at all? No. Uh-uh. No. Neither had I. So I, I really appreciate the email. Um, he says, Seri- is it Kenneth, this is still Kenneth. He says, seriously, seriously, if I'm bugging you guys, let me know. <laughs> Too many emails, Facebook comments. If I- I'm a grown up, I can handle it. <laughs> Dude. I, I see this stuff on the internet and I think of mm. you guys, dudes that like the same type of shit I do. Fucking comic book nerds. Mm-hmm. And first off, I want to say, no, you are not bothering us. And I want you to continue to send us any articles like this. And uh, sometimes we do miss gem- we, we do miss gems like this. And I want to thank you, Kenneth. Um, you're awesome. You're, you're, you're one, of, one of my favorite listeners. And uh, if we lost you as a listener, that would seriously bum me out. And uh, I really do appreciate that you took the time to send me this email. After reading about this uh, show, Sensate, I wrote up a huge article on this, and I did want to talk about this show. And this is how I want to end our show. So, Kenneth, feel free to send me any articles, because I did miss this, and I'm glad that you sent it to me. Um, There is a uh, show, it's called Sensate, and it looks like Netflix is wanting to bring science fiction to their original programming. Nice. Nice. They passed a uh, they uh, passed a couple of years ago on bringing Second Life to Fox's Terra Nova once mm. it was axed, uh, which by all means was a great decision if you ask me. Agreed. Uh, it looks like Netflix is doing what AMC is not doing, and instead of making spinoffs, they are looking to creators to collaborate with an- one another to bring us new and original programming. And now they are finally trying their hand at science fiction. And again, thank you, Kenneth, for this story. I scour the internet each and every week, but I would have missed this one, so thank you. Um, the Matrix and Cloud Atlas directors Lana and Andy Wachowski will be te- teaming up with Babylon 5 creator J. Michael Straczynski to bring us a 10-episode season for the sci-fi thriller Sense8. It's, wow. It's the word sense and the number eight. Pronounced okay, sense. gotcha. Pronounced I was sense. wondering what you were yeah. saying there. Um, sensate means uh, aware. Um, now, this will be released late next year, and it follows eight people from all corners of the globe who simultaneously develop the ability to connect with one another telepathically. Mm, cool. As they begin to learn about their powers – They're forced to confront the reactions to their mysterious gifts from world governments and average citizens. Hmm. Now, they talked to J. Michael Straczynski, uh, and he revealed how he and the Wachowskis even started a project like this. 
we started out at one point talking about how evolution involves creating even greater circles of empathy. You belong to your family, then you belong to your tribe, then two tribes link up, and now you have empathy for your people on this side of the river, and you're against the people on the other side of the river, on mm-hmm. and on through villages, cities, states, and nations. One day we'll hit the planetary level, but we're not there yet. Straczynski said, so what if a more literal literal form of empathy could be triggered in eight individuals around the planet? In India, the U.S., London, Mumbai, Nairobi, and elsewhere, who suddenly become mentally aware of each other, able to communicate as directly as if they were in the same room. Hmm. How would they react? What would they do? To what degree would they accept each other? What does it mean? And what and what would the world think about people with this ability? Would they embrace it or hunt them down as threats to our own evolution? How would they survive? It would give us a perfect platform to do a show that was loaded with action, big ideas, some amazing stunts that no one's done before, and play to a planetary audience. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that's that's pretty much what we're kind of looking at these days with, you know, the internet and being more of a global society. So that's a really cool notion that what happens when one person in this area gets it in this area in this area, will it how does that affect the whole populace? Right. That's a good point, Jay. It takes instant messaging to the next level kind of. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Once again, the show it's called Sensate. Now, the word is it like I said it was sense and the number eight sensei it means aware but also because the series involves eight characters with a shared empathy so okay. the, the title uh, reflects that now so the wachowskis and straczynski were looking to pitch their show to a different to uh, different outlets and had a bunch of meetings set up their first meeting was with netflix at 10 a.m and this is according to straczynski who said but by noon, Netflix had called to make a preemptive offer to buy the show and take it off the market with a straight-up deal to produce all 10 episodes. They were excited by that. Awesome. That's great. So Netflix, after their first meeting was with Netflix, Netflix has total faith in this series. Yeah. Well, hell yeah, man. The, the Wachowski brothers. I love them. I love. The, I don't care what anyone says about well, The Matrix. Yeah, it had it. You know, it, it had its faults. Whatever, two and three. dude. The fucking Matrix, the first film was fucking amazing. Yeah, it, it was. It was. It's one of those movies you watch over and over and over and over yeah. and over again. Love we, it. We talked about movies that have changed. Uh, you know, the 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 plane of movies and in science fiction in general, and the Matrix is one of those movies that people bit on for a long time. Yeah, um, you know, like Terminator Two was one of those movies, and you can say Matrix is another one. And so, that, like earlier, we talked about like when creators try to like you know uh, get you know take stories from the same well and recreate those moments. That's why you couldn't have Matrix Two be as good as Matrix the first or the original. And same thing with Matrix Three. The Wachowskis honestly wanted to end the Matrix. They only planned on making one movie, right? And, then and they should have, yeah. Yes. It has that intimacy, but yeah, that, I think they are loaded with good ideas still. I think. Hey, have you guys seen Cloud Atlas? 
No, no, not yet. I have not. I really want to. I saw it in theater. Very high concept, and I think they delivered. It's a very – you need to watch it multiple times, but it's very high concept. Very, very high concept. Great acting. I think they did a great job. Um, some of the makeup is weird, but there's only so many things that you can do with trying to make uh, people of different nationalities look like they are either Caucasian or African American or Asian. Because, right. but but they did the best that they could. It was a fantastic movie. Recommend that everybody watch it. Give it a shot. But um, very high concept, though. Um, uh, Straczynski also talked about the show's filming locations. He said, we plan to block shoot this as a 10-hour movie. And the best part is that we're going to be shooting in the same in the very same locations we describe, meaning we don't fake Mumbai. We go to Mumbai. We go to Nairobi. We go to London. He revealed, the plan is to shoot as much as we can on stages in Chicago. Then the Wachowskis and I, two or three other directors, will blitz out and shoot simultaneously in seven different countries taking along the appropriate cast. Excellent. Wow. Good news. This sounds, guys, this sounds like a big budget, high concept show. Um, you know, which should be no surprise. I mean, if you're a fan of the Wachowskis, uh, if you enjoyed the matrix and cloud Atlas, uh, cloud Atlas, um, I know, and I know there's people out there that are, they're talking shit about speed racer and you have every right. Um, but I mean, you, you're you're combining the Wachowskis and J. Michael Straczynski. Netflix. This is going to be big. Yeah, for sure. Especially a sci-fi outing. Especially, it'll be a you know a pretty big deal. They want to do this up. So yeah. Now there's we're, no. We're, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jake. I, we're ready for another high concept science fiction show on television too. We really have nothing right now. You know. I agree. I agree. Sci-fi is not even doing it for us. Yeah, no. Exactly. All they have is freaking wrestling and reality television. Yeah. And they, they canceled uh, Alpha, so fuck you for that. Anyway, that's another story altogether. Yeah. Um, cast, annou- cast announcements and filming should begin late next year, and the show should release next year uh, late in the fall. Um, and then I, was, I also wanted to – I want to see this show so badly – um, so definitely, uh, you know, I'm going to keep it. We're going to keep definitely as a show, uh, pop culture leftovers. We're going to keep an eye on the production and the casting announcements, uh, for sense This sounds like something fantastic. This sounds like it could have been a comic book that all of us would have read and been thrilled that it was coming out as a TV show. If you ask me. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. The story itself, what you said for the synopsis. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, I also thought it was cool to find out how J. Michael Straczynski and the Wachowskis met. Um, it was at a screening of the Matrix, Matrix Revolutions where J. Michael Straczynski was not involved in the film, but he was uh, brought there as someone's guest. So he takes his seat in the balcony, and someone leaned over to, and asked uh, him how he was involved in the project. He said he wasn't. He said – and they asked his name. He told him who he was. That person then leaned over and told Lana Wachowski, "Hey, it's the Babylon Five guy." <laughs> and then Lana, and then Lana made a beeline over to Straczynski and revealed uh, her and Andy were big fans of his comic book work on the Amazing Spider-Man. 
And ever since then, yeah. they've been good friends, and so that's what brought about them talking over the years and you know getting together to do Sensate, the the television show for Netflix. So I just thought that was very cool. Yeah, it sounds like they're in it together. You know, like a passion project, like minds. I like that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to Sensate. Another show I wanted to bring it up again was uh, what is it? Almost Human, Carl Urban, and Michael Isley. Can't wait for that yeah. one either. I finally saw an ad for that on Fox, actually. Did you? What'd you think? It did look good. Yeah. Have you guys been watching, uh, have you guys been keeping up with uh, Walking Dead? <sighs> no. <laughs> I, I watched half the second episode and fell asleep. Yeah, I'm very concerned about about following this season, I'm I'm very concerned after the first one, so I haven't. I'm very tepid about it, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Like everybody, like loved those first two episodes. I think like we're the odd man out, but the third episode came out and I really enjoyed it. And like everybody's talking about how much they did not like the third episode. I don't, get, I don't get it. <laughs> I, I just think people want this cookie cutter thing. I, I don't know. I mean, do you guys see that? That it's maybe. You know, you've like we talked about earlier, very formulaic and and cookie cutter. I felt like that first episode was just that, and that's what bugged me about it. Was there falling into this pattern? You know, paint by numbers television. Yeah, right. I don't know. I I still like Walking Dead, but I just this this uh, what are we, fourth season? I'm just not blown away by. Yeah. Yeah. So what are we doing next week? Fucking microphone. Thor, Thor, Dark World, Thor. Thor, the Dark World, God of Thunder. Yeah, can't, I can't wait. wait for it. Hey, have you guys been reading the Thor comic book? Uh, have you guys read uh, the Thor? Uh, it's what is it? The Accursed. I have not. I, I stopped at God Bomb, so I didn't get to the Accursed. Was the next part, right? Yeah, yeah. They, uh, well, no, they had a one shot episode right after one shot issue right after that. Okay. And then, which was actually fantastic, and then um, this this uh, now they're starting the second arc, and it's uh, the accursed, and it's the return of Malekith. Which, cool, ju- you oh, know, nice. just yeah, just in time for the movies. But I read the first two this morning. Holy fucking shit! Great, <laughs> Jason Aaron is fucking killing it. Even with Esad Ribic off of the art, this is still really a great comic book series. Definitely check it out. I've been reading some other comic books, some uh, number one issues that I wanted to talk about real quick. I read the Kieran Gillen 3. Have you guys seen any mm. ads? For yeah, that? I saw that. Yeah. yeah, I've seen the ads. It's um, it's interesting. Um, I don't know if I'm going to stick with it, but um, it's like you know the, the, the movie 300 and you've got these Spartans. Well, like, right. the Spartans had their slaves that, you know, that they treated pretty much like shit. And uh, this is like the true story of Sparta and mm-hmm. uh, how they treated their slaves. And this is the story of three slaves that try to escape from the 300 Spartans. Interesting. Uh, yeah, it, it's okay. I'm going to try a couple issues, but I didn't really care for the first one, but I'm going to stick it out for a couple more issues. Um, I read Rocket Girl number one. I liked it. It was okay. I liked it too. Yeah. yeah I read Rocket Girl number one. I really liked it. I'm going to stick with that one. I read Zero number one. Hated it. Didn't like it. Dropped it. Kind of sucked. <laughs> uh, 
Um, I read Buzzkill number one, which I talked about on a previous ep- episode. It was the superhero that gets his powers from you know drinking alcohol. Yeah, mm. yeah, I liked it. Pretty good book. <laughs> yeah, I want to read that one pretty for sure. Good. Pretty good. Um, I read. I was really enjoying Bounce, and then I read Bounce number five, and I totally did not understand it at all. I'm hoping, oh, shit. Jay, I'm hoping you can read it and kind of explain it to me because I was <laughs> I loved the first four issues, and then I read Bounce number four, and I was just lost. Yeah, I'm, I'm still on that, so I'll get up there. But it is kind of meta, you know, out there kind of shit sometimes. So I understand what you're saying. Oh, but man, I love those first four issues number five i was just like okay what just happened i'm lost <laughs> i didn't understand it at all um but uh <laughs> yeah we need to have a comic book yeah. issue soon where we can talk about some comics that we're reading and um what we're enjoying out there for sure but uh yeah i still need to finish uh battle of the atom i did read infinity number four today what's that jake how was that? Oh my god, Infinity Number Four! This is the issue that brings it all together for this fucking event. Shit, I don't it, think I've read that yet. Oh god, I'll give you guys the I'll give you guys the digital code. I don't care that I just said. Okay, that. <laughs> I will. I will let you guys. You guys need to read my copy. You guys need to read. I paid for the issue. I will give you my digital code. You cool. need to read this. It is fantastic. Awesome. I was liking it after three, so I'm I'm interested to see what happened in four. We get to see Captain America being tactical and coming up with a plan. We get to see Thor the way I want to see Thor. And we finally get to see the builders with a little, a little bit of fear. Finally, the builders are scared. Nice. Nice. So God, they're cocksuckers. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. They, they are a very awful threat i, I really like that about infinity was the builders yeah this is the issue for me in infinity that all, that all started it's all started coming together so i really enjoyed it so cool. Um, cool. i think we're gonna wrap up this episode we'll be back next week with thor yes. the dark world review um i don't know if we're gonna do any news or anything if any big news comes out we'll do it but it'll be a separate episode. We'll have a bonus episode that I'll release on uh, Thursday. But uh, as far as our uh, episode on Sunday or Monday that gets released, it will be Thor The Dark World. That's all we'll be talking about. Hello. Yeah, there's nothing else going on. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're having issues, yeah. Yeah, we cut out again. Sorry, It's man. okay, guys. All right, we're going to end the episode. Hey, we'll see you next week. Stick around after the end of the credits. I'll play the, uh, you know, the, uh, what is it, the uh, X-Men Days of Future Past trailer and then uh, my interpretation of epic music. (laughs) (laughs) Later, guys. All right, see you guys next week. See ya. All right, bye. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. 
And as always, check out our website, www.popcultureleftovers.com. We've got great articles there. Comic reviews, movie reviews, television reviews. It's awesome. Check it out. And if you're interested in writing for the site, uh, we definitely need more writers. So send an email to domesticateddave at gmail.com. And if David Griffin likes what he reads, he'll get in contact with you. And you can be part of the team. Remember, this is a non-paying gig, but it's a really cool way to have your voice heard. And we'd love to read your submissions. So get in contact with David. And thank you. Like seven million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that makes us happy, like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Gonna toss it, gonna take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's mix it, hate erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushovers. Pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Gonna toss it, gonna taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushover, pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said Leftover Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover, counterculture pushovers, pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said, leftovers. sure the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers. Strongest suit. 
have you have you seen the oatmeal? You haven't. Okay. Well, I know I had more. Where? In the top cupboard. Yes. Next to the rice. I look there. Are you sure it's not in the bottom cupboard? Well, yes, I looked in both cupboards. I just went to the store. I put it in the top cupboard. Then I don't know how it moved. No, I don't think there's anything as such as oatmeal fairies that wanted to steal my oatmeal. But maybe there are oatmeal girlfriends that move the oatmeal. No, I... It's not there. I don't have time for this. You know that I have to have my oatmeal in the morning, otherwise I am a wreck all day. You expect me to go to work, not eat my oatmeal, and be able to perform today? No, I'm just asking you to help me find it. That's it. Yes! I'm positive I took it out of the trunk. Well, hold on, I'll check. It's not there. I don't know where it could be. I'm sure I bought it. I swear if I have to work later and I don't eat my oatmeal, it's gonna. Oh god, this sucks. Where the fuck are my keys now? Oh my god, I can't find my keys either! Could this day get any worse? Oh, fuck! Fine, I'll... Oh shit, there they are. Found them. Hey, sorry, honey. See you, ne- <laughs> See you next week, motherfuckers. Booyah! See you next week, motherfuckers! <laughs> Ha 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 